to actually dig. Him. The fact that he's even digging, looking for stuff. If Kenny Omega had cancer, do you think he's going to be digging to try to find? No. No, he wouldn't. Professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. Feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with the big guy, Ryback, with JD and Asian Joe starts now. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy, Ryback. I am the big guy, Ryback, here with Ryan Satin. We're starting off with a wrestling report once again. What's going on? The Big Guys Wrestling Report with Ryan Satin. Brought to you by Pro Wrestling Sheet. Just, uh, just uh, trying to wake up after a long weekend of doing random stuff. I, uh, but yeah, but I, I, uh, I liked Fastlane last night. Did you watch Fastlane? I did watch a good portion of it. Yeah, I had it on. So we are now ready for WrestleMania. It is right around we the corner. Are- we're definitely on the official road to WrestleMania now. All the all the filler pay per views are over. Um, I you know as much as I liked the match, there was there was really good matches on this show, um, but I didn't it didn't get me hyped for WrestleMania at all. Yeah, really. It was. It, uh... It's weird how sometimes some WrestleMania seasons there's like a ton of hype that goes in. It doesn't necessarily seem to affect. The actual WrestleMania pay-per-view or the attendance or anything of that nature, or the numbers probably even really, since they've moved to the network, for it's kind of always the the same. I feel like, so it's just like Brock's not there, so there's really, the the big the Seth, Seth storyline isn't really being progressed as far it's as like it, non-existent at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Shield thing kind of took precedent over that for their one last thing, which was really thrown together last minute, but. Was a cool moment still, nonetheless, with all of that. But uh, is it weird for you watching something like that since you were kind of like there in their first one like I, when they when they debuted? Yeah, I was the one that they got over on time and time again with no <laughs> retribution. It cost me the championship multiple times with no payback. And uh, no, that's uh, I ever tell you that I, I think I mentioned it before on here. There was um, this was after because I'm. I'm Part of, and this is, I'm very optimistic and very positive, which I've had guys come up to me even during that period. They go, you're too positive-minded. You need, like, I go, no, no, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. Like, I blah, blah, blah. And then I finally realized, I was like, well, yeah, this isn't, I'm not getting payback on them ever. As far as on, on a big scale, I, you know, would have nights on Raw or whatever where I'd get the better of them, but never, never at the big, at the big ones. And uh, a kid came up to me in a gas station back east, and uh, I think I was in line at Burger King waiting to get chicken sandwiches. And uh, it's one of those well, moments. And I don't, I, I can't, I don't like lying. I, I like to just. It was a kid, and he goes, "Ryback, are you ever gonna get a uh, payback on the Shield?" And I, I, no hesitation, Ryan. I just accepted it. I go, kid. Sometimes the bad guys just win, and that was it. He. <laughs> Absolutely, look of defeat on his face. I, you know, <laughs> shook his hand, and then I, and I said something positive after after that. But good, I good, couldn't good. lie to him because I knew, I knew if I told him I'm gonna get him, I wasn't gonna get him, Ryan. And I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't 
I couldn't tell. I didn't want that kid to then think of me as a liar as he got older. I think hopefully around this period now, five years later, he respects me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was watching Fastlane last night thinking, damn, Ryback was real honest with me. You know, he's, he's really not going to get that revenge. <laughs> Good on Ryback for being so truthful. Uh, <laughs> or it's going to just be <laughs> damn late. It's who knows. That's no. like when uh, I saw Mick Foley once when I was uh, working at TMZ, and it was at, it was after the WrestleMania party. It was very late, and he was walking past me. And I remember I said to him, I looked at him and I said, Mick, I just want to say thank you. Like uh, I just want to say thank you. You're the reason I got into professional. Like you're the reason I started watching professional wrestling. And he looked at me and he said, Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Another direction walked away, and I just stood there with like, and I was a full-on adult. I was not a child, and the, I just stood there with my, the most defeated feeling of like, oh man, that sucked. Your <laughs> entire existence of you knowing why you got into wrestling didn't matter in that moment to Mick Foley, and he apologized to you for it. Like that, just people people have bad days, and like that's why I always try to like, you never know as if you're a fan and interacting with somebody. What the hell that is going on with them? How many people have come up to them before? Because we meet a lot of great people, but you meet a lot of bad people too. And it, like, yeah. they could like really give you, just rub you the wrong way. And so you kind of just, and I, it, it's just one of those things. It, it's, <laughs> but Jesus. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's definitely one of those things. But I, I've never held it against him for, for that reason. But uh, yeah. You I'm know, sure he's sure, grateful. Yeah, he. I'm sure he is. I'm sure, like it was like probably 2.30 in the morning, 3, after a WrestleMania weekend. I'm sure he was so tired. Just keep so writing, like, just write nothing but positive articles about him, and you just keep getting his <laughs> attention, and I think one day it's going to, he'll, he'll tell you exactly what he needs to tell you. It's... Okay, great. I'll, I'll keep my fingers <laughs> crossed. Uh, but yeah, the Shield thing, you know, I, I, I liked that, uh, you know, Roman looked good in his yep. return to the ring. Uh, he was killing it. He looked refreshed. He looked ready to kind of own... The ring again. Yeah. Um, I like that we saw Seth uh, kind of do an old school, like, dive off of the balcony type thing. Yep. Um, they very much had an old school vibe to them. Uh, you know, the shield felt like the old, the shield of old. Yeah. Uh, so that was nice because I felt like some of the other reunions, because of the way they went and, you know, Kurt Angle having to get involved or, or whoever, you yeah. know, that it just didn't feel, didn't feel the same. So this one did feel the same. It was a solid uh, reunion. Although... I just wonder where this leaves Roman on the road to WrestleMania now. Like, there's four weeks away. He's clearly going to have to have a match. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that tonight, because they announced that tonight there's going to be some sort of, like, farewell speech for the for the Shield. I'm hoping that tonight is the night we figure uh, out what they're doing with Roman at WrestleMania. Because I'm sorry, but I just don't believe any of this Dean Ambrose stuff. I just don't believe that they'd be advertising on TV that he's leaving. Yeah. And making such a big deal about it. it is, that's just not what they do. You work there. When have they ever done something like that? The only way it's... Unless they know that Dean just wants some time off and they're given... But they never have done this with anybody else. And, and like, um, So it could be a way just to progress the maybe... Maybe and maybe it was true at one point and he was leaving and maybe then they've, they've come to terms. Nobody would know if they wanted to keep it. And, and maybe this is a way to continue the Dean Ambrose heel thing tonight because I didn't know they were going to do that. And then him and Roman, that would then make sense to, um, you know what I mean? It, it could have been, yep. it's just it was a small hiccup in the bigger plan, so to speak, for Dean Ambrose. And he could actually, 
if he did resign, it would be a great way to give him some real momentum as a heel that he didn't necessarily get the first time around. Because you can't turn and then lose. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't work. You want to, it'll never, you, it has to, no matter which way you turn, whether you go from heel to baby or baby to heel, you got to win initially, or you got to find, you got to have a way to really get your heat back if you're a heel, so to speak, if you're going right to the top, but. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, Dean definitely, yeah, absolutely needs that. And you know, I think I think you're right in in your thought process there. You know, I listened to a couple interviews that Roman Reigns did this week or the end of last week. Um, some of them went up this weekend, and he was asked a lot about the Dean Ambrose situation. But um, in the interview he did with Brian Campbell from CBS, he said that it seemed to me, and if if Roman's telling the truth in this interview, that Dean was a little uncomfortable with the initial heel turn being focused on Roman Reigns' cancer. Yeah. Especially with Roman Reigns not being there, no, not knowing if he's for sure coming back. It's the vibe I get from what I listened to and from what Roman was saying that, like, you know, the heel turn didn't go the way he liked, that, that there was initial reservations from Dean because of the way it was, you know, because of it being done on the heels of Roman announcing his cancer, yeah. um, that he did seem uncomfortable with it and that he didn't seem to love the way it played out in the weeks that followed. And so Roman mentioned that like, well, we've gotten things back on track now. We've gotten Dean to a place that he enjoys. Um, so my my guess, my speculation here would just have to be that like, you're right, that I think that he wasn't happy with the heel turn. He wasn't happy with the way things were going. He told WWE he, he wasn't gonna resign. Then they were like, well, what can we do to make you happy? Turn yeah. me back, wait till, you know, turn me back. And then it's like, well, now Roman's here. Now we can do it for real. I don't have to, talk about Roman Roman's here I can I can take it out on Roman so yeah I, I hope that that's what's going on and that now he's going to resign very possible and that is too that's a good point and you got to think people it's almost like and I'm trying to find it it's like a storyline where if I can't was it with a with it Bulldogs British Bulldogs wife Diana when they brought her in whether there was an affair type thing with a uh, Sean Michaels or I can't remember exactly. Sounds familiar. There was something. Like, when you do a storyline and then, but there, it brings in like real life into it and blurs the lines. Like Dean, out of everything going on with, with Roman and as much as he respects Roman though, but like that gets like you an almost, you have to deal with that in real life too with people that take this a little too far not understanding. And that, it's like, that's an uncomfortable spot to be put in, you know, um, on that regard, and, I, and there could have been a lot of things he was unhappy with, I'm sure, and because they've never been so outspoken about somebody leaving. They usually are tight-lipped, and now it seems to have been turned up so much. Renee, in another, Renee Young, uh, was it last week on Raw when I was watching, and she said something with um, Dean's going on to greener pastures. Yep. She would have been reprimanded saying something she like that. She would have been in so much trouble yeah. if she had said that. So yeah. it's it's just kind of the it's being they're they're doing the right thing by actually using it now and incorporating it. And I I would bet they something plays out with this to to progress everything and because it, it's usually if he was leaving and everything, it was they wouldn't want you having the TV time like this either. No, they, exactly. The formula is they job you out, they pluck you off a of TV. People tend to start forgetting about you, so that if you do show up somewhere else, the impact isn't quite the same as if you were just freshly off TV. Even yep. if he just, even if 
they were doing it and he goes to WrestleMania and they do the heel turn just for one thing with Roman and put Roman over, they're still giving a major, major TV time. and, and They're the, literally like advertising to the world like, hey, you can hire Dean Ambrose in yeah. a few months. They wouldn't yep. do that. Yeah, they, they, wouldn't. they wouldn't do that. Their business no. strategy is not to do that. Like it doesn't matter no. who. They could think the, the world of you. They don't do that. Like it's. Yeah. It so, could be John Cena, it could be Roman Reigns. They're not. They're not just. It's bad business. It would be terrible business to do that. Yeah, they, and they it would it would set they they would send the horrible message out from a business standpoint for them to allow that and with guys <laughs> yeah. and it would encourage. Well, maybe it's not so bad if I want to leave. They don't want that. <laughs> yeah. They want you to be terrified to leave. Like yeah. it, that, your world will end. So brainwashed. Yep. Hundred percent. Um, okay, so one of the other big things at the pay per view. Uh, was Shane turning heel on The Miz. Finally, they've had this months-long storyline that's been going for way too long about their friendship and tag team. Um, but, you know, as as awkward as this angle was when Shane beat up Miz in front of his dad uh, after the match, I kind of... I'm really looking forward to heel Shane again. Because yeah. back in you know my childhood, <laughs> when I would see heel Shane... I loved heel Shane McMahon. Shane yep. McMahon was such a prick. He was so good at being yep. like the boss's prick son. The McMahons are like, good at being heels. They're great at being heels. And we haven't seen heel Shane since he came back, right? No, not at all. He's been, because he was gone for so long, you had to bring him back as a baby face. Like it was, it would, it's, I'm excited over the whole thing. I actually, my, I'm personally excited because I, I already, I can't wait. Shane's going to beat the shit out of Mr. Miz. And uh, <laughs> leave him bloodied out there. I think you know, Mister Miz is one hundred percent down to get bloodied on TV. To, oh yeah, for his son, and because uh, that's Miz's real dad, and that's it. It, yeah. it thoroughly just entertains me seeing because I used to see him there at some of the shows in the front, and it. it I don't know why, because I've been I started with Miz, so it's just funny seeing Miz's dad is part of the angle now, and he's like he is part of the angle, so he's gonna have to get his ass beat. You think he's gonna get his ass beat, or yeah. do you think he's gonna like help Miz? Those straight up? Shane jabs to the nose, just <laughs> lighting up the Miz's dad. I thought he was gonna go back last night when the Miz's dad came around. I thought he was gonna go beat the shit out of him there. I was, oh. I was, I was like, oh, they're gonna make us wait for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I didn't even. Uh, yeah, you're right. He's gotta beat up Miz's dad to fully. Miz's baby, in. get everybody involved. Maurice, the whole family. It's gonna. Because Miz is a babyface, and Miz was never... Miz is a better heel than babyface. But you beat the shit out of Miz's family? I'm sold. I'm rooting for Miz at WrestleMania. Do you think that Miz can believably be a face for a long time? I mean, he's such a classic. Such a prick. It's hard to, yeah, it's hard to think <laughs> of the Miz as, like, a good guy. You know? I've seen crazier things. I've just known him my entire career, and he's he's a... He could do both, but I think it's... He's a he's such a good heel that it's and with the way he looks too he's not the most and I've talked about this I think he's he's so reliable and dependent uh, he's in just consistent that he's but he's not the biggest guy he's not the strongest guy he's not the fastest guy but he, one thing Miz I will say this in a from the time that I've known him all those attributes aside and he's a hell of a wrestler but he has heart which is one thing you do need. And if so, if they are able to tap into that with him and show his heart, because he does, he does have a lot of heart, and I've seen it from him from day one. So, and, and he's had the the odds stacked against him from the beginning. So, if there's anyone that could pull it off, it is him, in that in that sense. But I just think he is a better heel 
and, and whatnot. This could be a short-term thing for a while and then go back to being healed. But I do think that he – it's funny, you know, because he's great. I mean, he's, like, one of the best heels in the company. Yeah. But it's funny. Most people don't know that he really is, like, such a nice guy in real life. You know, like, yeah. in, in actual, you know, Mike Mizanin, like, is one of the nicest people. Like, I, he's – always been so polite and kind to me like at yep. part anytime i've seen him anywhere he's like the nicest person so i mean like it's not that he doesn't have it in him it's just he's such a good heel it's 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 interesting to see them kind of trying something different with him yeah well i mean look at mr mizanin looks like the friendliest man in the world he doesn't he, he didn't raise <laughs> <laughs> i laughed i saw a funny tweet right before i started uh right before we started recording it's um it's that account that's vince googling things oh god i haven't seen that in forever Oh, it's one of my favorite accounts, and it's they put the picture of Miz's dad from last night, and it said, uh, what the hell is Bruce Pritchard doing in the front row in disguise, or something like that. That cracked me up. I loved it so much. Uh, uh, yeah, one of my favorite accounts. Okay, so one of the other big things of last night was uh, Ronda getting Charlotte DQ'd to get the triple threat match at Mania. Um, kind of... I don't know, kind of clunky, kind of didn't make, it was, it was weird to see, like, after a heel turn, doing, you know, Ronda turned heel on Monday, then she told the, the uh, then she d posted a video saying, the WWE Universe, yeah, yep. and that wrestling isn't real, but then she comes out, and, and she, I like, believe she said, next time I see Becky, I'm gonna beat the living out of you, or something, she put something like that out to at yeah. some point, and, and then she just comes in and, like, does a good guy move, where she kind of, like, helps Becky, weird, right? Yeah, uh, and I didn't. I actually had that on, and then I went into the. I was doing something when she. I heard her music though, and I didn't see what she did. But my friend said she came out and dropped a Jerry Lawler fist on Charlotte. There's a, <laughs> what is she on Becky? She on, on, Becky. on Becky. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I got Becky. And I couldn't yeah, stop yeah, laughing. I go, wait, what? Came in the fist drop, and then just stood there. Like, yeah, just... that's what he said, and uh, I go, what? And. Uh, it's odd, and WWE is allowing them to to do the Twitter war thing into into whatever. But um, I had talked about this on the show this week with uh, JD, um, where when you cross those lines and start saying that stuff, the only way so you have to then, for me, the the thing that would have made the most sense based on what she's saying and saying it's fake and this and that and is coming out there and leaving them both bloodied or beat the shit out of both of them, getting, hitting Becky first, getting the DQ for Charlotte, and then beating the shit out of both of them where it looks like if she doesn't want to follow the quote-unquote script, that that's what's going to happen. But then it was, say all this, we're, we're going to blah, 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 it's fake, it's scripted, I'm gonna, I can beat the shit out of you guys, and then go out and do wrestling moves. Yeah. It, it's a disconnect. If you remember... And JD brought up a good point to me. The Matt Hardy and Edge feud when that that when Matt first came back, when those guys had all that that going on, and that first match they had was a war, and it wasn't a running the ropes and doing a bunch of spots, and they beat the out of each other. And it one of my favorites as a kid. Yeah, and it had everyone's attention. That's almost like once you so once you, and it's up to WWE, and this isn't Ronda. They 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 gotta help them out on this that. If you're going to say this stuff, it doesn't make sense to say it if you're not going to do it. Because it just kind of, there's no payoff with it. So, and then she's very new and that's up to them. They got to guide her on that and and help. But it's, 
it is what it is. Everyone's like, trying their best. Well, it feels like they're serving two different audiences, and I feel like that's part of the disconnect there. Is like they're serving the, the social media audience and they're serving their viewing audience, but like treating it as though they're two separate things. Like if 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 you're gonna say those things on social media, like you have to do those same things on TV. I agree with you wholeheartedly yeah. that like coming in there and doing one punch and standing there doesn't back up the fact that you just said wrestling isn't real. Like you got to go in there and, and just ruin them. Yeah, because like, you just, just went out there and them. just did a wrestling. It doesn't did a wrestling move and kind of followed the script. You said you weren't gonna follow the script. Yes. So yes, it's that, and that's and it's not. She's very new. It doesn't matter how talented she is, and I like Ronda a lot. She's very new. There's little things like that that you just know, and that takes time of being around and being in the system, being in developmental for a long time, and learning the psychology aspect of why you do things. Wrestling is just not going out and doing moves or doing flips and doing spots. There's so much more that goes into this that takes time for most people to truly, truly grasp and understand that the regular audience doesn't understand necessarily all the time even. That, that's why a lot of the old timers, I say, are, they are superior to a lot of today's talents because maybe not doing the moves, it was a different, but psychology wise and why you do things, why you say things, that, that makes it more memorable, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's similar to like a magician, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, dude, yeah, it's we were talking, me and JD. So, you don't, a magician or an actor wouldn't stop in the middle of a movie and say, hey, this is fake, blah, blah, blah. You're watching a movie. You're, hey, this is exactly how I do this magic trick, this and blah, blah, blah. And then go and, it's not real, she's not hurt, and then go and show you the magic trick. It doesn't have the same effect. And it's, there's nope. a difference between doing interviews, like on this show, we're talking, I'm not in that setting. I'm not, but once if I'm in that setting or if I'm doing a phone a phoner as Ryback for WWE, I got to be Ryback for WWE. You know what I mean? You got to. Absolutely. Because once you go that, it, it's not, I don't know, man. And it's like, like former guys like Austin and guys and Jericho when they're, they're talking and they're letting, because everyone's talked about it. Everyone knows it's entertainment and they're not in that setting. But the moment they're in that setting, it's back to business because they want you to believe while they're in that setting. It's so it's one of those. I just nowhere to go from it. That's why I think they don't, they don't need to do that because what are you going to do? Cause you're going to go out and do play wrestling. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's like a double-edged sword. You know, I think that it does get people talking. I think that anytime you're blending, you know, blurring the line between reality and fiction, people that are watching already though, is it going to get new viewers? Do you think? That's the yeah. I, I think it does. I here's the thing. I okay. think it does get casual viewers to be like, hmm, I'll, I'll check this out and see if Ronda Rousey might actually beat up this other wrestler, yeah. or to see if it's maybe she'll go off script. I don't know if they stay because of that. Because in my opinion, it undermines the rest of the card. It's like they're only watching yep. to watch this one thing that might turn real, but the rest of that fake don't care about. Yeah, and that's the problem in my opinion. You know, is that it undermines everything else. Is that it's like, oh well, no, Ronda's real. But everything else is, is not. Yeah. You know, that, that to me is where there's a problem with it. That's it's just like the movie thing I was saying. It, like Movies are fake. We all know movies are fake. But you go and you suspend your belief. You don't want to know during... You don't want to see a boomstick in the movie. You don't want to see lighting. You don't want it. They, they make you believe. And when you're in there, you're watching it. And, and the best movies make you believe the deepest. That is what pro wrestling still is. We can all know it's entertainment. But we don't want to... It's like with Braun and having the guy backstage. Wrestling's fake, right? Like... Why are you, don't even, you don't need to bring that out while we're watching. 
And no, for nobody, yep. it doesn't doesn't do any. There's just nowhere to go because what is everyone going to start doing? Everyone going to start calling each other by their real names, and, and you know everything else is fake. But this is real. But then now we're back to fake. But then next week it's going to be back to the fake. But if I want it to be real, it's going to be real for a minute. Like I don't know. What are you doing? It's yep. That's that's a hundred percent how I feel about it. Is that like you then you can't you you can like <laughs> you can like break the fourth wall a little bit, but you can't just like demolish it down. You know? No, like, <laughs> there's just no, I, 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 I don't know. I just, I get, I equate it to the movies. It's the only thing I yeah, can really, no, totally. I mean, someone, someone commented on the, something on the wrestling sheet account and they said like, Oh yeah. My favorite part of Captain Marvel was when she flew across the screen and then looked at everyone and said, Oh, these are wires behind me. Everyone. Yep. Don't, exactly. Don't, don't, I'm not actually flying. And then she kept going, you know? Yeah. It would, it, or it's like if they before they do a huge fight scene, they show all the behind the scenes before getting ready for the big fight scene, and you're just like, what the <laughs> f- are they doing? Like, it's... I even I even feel a weird way. Like I remember when Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho when they had their match. Not I want to say it was like a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks at the most. They did like a sit down interview, way too close after the fact to like break down their entire feud from like how it started to the match, and I thought. Well, now I like the match a lot less because I you just like you couldn't have waited like a year to do that. Yeah. Like we, it was I was still thinking about it. Like you know, like like give me a little bit of time. Like yeah. you don't need to go that deep into it. I don't know. Maybe no I'm just, wrestling fans. So this is the thing. You just you want to believe. You want to believe. Yes. You, and that's and it's and that that has been the art of pro wrestling from the beginning. And everyone that wants to say it is a canvas and an art. As far as the moves, it's not. It's the the psychology of it and the believability, and in the intensity, and that's you don't want to because it, 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 it insults your intelligence almost a little bit. Even though it is a different time, it's I don't know. Yeah, it's okay. just it's a different time in uh, where people. It's like they you do a podcast and you're going to get a bunch of listens and you're making money doing it and. It, and People are showing interest because in the by the numbers, but there's a bigger picture too at play a little bit where it's I don't know it's just, it's just, it's a different time. There's so much accessibility and I think it also like for like for example like with that Kenny Omega Chris Jericho thing is like now AEW is promoting their rematch and I'm like well I heard them talk about how they how they outlined this whole thing and how. They, they planned it and how they don't hate each other. They love each other and they're good friends. And I'm like, well, now I'm not as interested in the rematch. Yeah. Like, I, I heard your whole podcast where you guys became friends. And I know wrestlers are friends. I covered the industry for a living. But yeah. like you said, it's like... We all get changed in the same locker rooms. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> like, it's like, I know... Shower together. It's... Yeah, like, I know everyone's cool. I just don't need it, like, thrown in my face as much, you know? Like, there yeah. there is part of it that is that is makes the magic, you know, and you don't want to like, you want to get rid of that magic too much in my opinion. No, uh, absolutely. But, That's the thing. Cause you yeah. want to, it's just, again, it's even though it's, well, maybe they don't like each other that much. It, it's just it, it, the question. That's all you need is the question. It, it's people to have that question mark in their heads. You got them hooked. That's all it is. Yeah. All it is. It's I, like, uh, like right now, like Alexa bliss and Sasha Banks, like people think Alexa bliss and Sasha Banks don't like each other. So when they fight or when they have a match, everyone's like a little bit more interested because they're yeah. like, ooh, I know those two don't like each other. Th- those are things that make wrestling great. You know, like you mentioned, you and I both remember Matt Hardy and Edge for a reason. Yep. 
and yeah. because they actually hate each other. Like, and it was something they made money out of because you know they, they, they were able to. Take Can you imagine those two? Family. I was gonna say Stone Cold and The Rock, but I'll use those two. Matt and Edge, Matt Hardy and Edge during that period where everything with with the Lita and everything was involved. If they would have posted a picture on social media of playing in the pool together with having a beer with their arms around each other, doing a two sweet or something the weekend yep. before their big blow up that first match. Just picture that. Like it wouldn't have the same effect. So that's why I just I, it's up to the talent not to do that as far as same for if they had, if they had done an interview a week later where they were like yeah. just sit an interview like, all right, here's how we planned yep. how we were gonna work the internet. And you're like well, that's that's cool. Now I'm not worked. You didn't work me anymore. You just, guys used to wait for their careers to be over before they did that. To like, it's, look at Undertaker. Undertaker still it doesn't talk about. That, yep. You know, <laughs> it, it would just be it, it's everything is so sped up and just for that instant instant reaction that it's just like it's a there's so many things that you can see why it's happening. It's just is it for the best? I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I. I... As much as I enjoy covering these things and it brings me content, I don't think so either. Like, I, yeah. I think that some things should remain secretive to a certain degree. And obviously, this is a guy who uncovers secrets saying that. But, like, <laughs> I, you know, I think the wrestlers, it's their job to, like, keep it a secret to a certain degree. So, I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, um, I agree. The last week of the pay-per-view before we get out of here was uh, Kobe Kingston getting more hurdles thrown in his way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made it seem like he was going to be thrown into the WWE Championship match last night, um, but then it was revealed that Vince was just with him. Vince was not putting him in the match. Yeah. Uh, instead, it was a handicap match against the bar. They beat the crap out of him, uh, and he was not in the match. I feel like now more than ever, it's obvious, though, we're getting Kofi at Mania yeah. now. They wouldn't be doing all this if we weren't Unless they were to get Vince a ton of heat. <laughs> it's... Oh, man. If they were, oh man, if it's kind of it's so interesting to me that Daniel Bryan is in the in the center of the first real storyline since Daniel Bryan, where the same thing is basically happening that happened to Daniel Bryan for WrestleMania 30, but for another person this time. Yep. And Daniel Bryan's the heel in it. I find that so fascinating. You know, like it was weird to see Mustafa Ali get booed last night because he wasn't Kofi Kingston. Yeah, no. And again, they and that was all done too. I thought that was actually well done uh, on their part because that allowed KO to come back and not get beat on his first match back yep. because it does nothing. I was curious how they were going to, because they weren't going to put the title on him going into WrestleMania with him and Kofi, most likely. Dan is has such momentum. So that was a way to get a, a new guy in the match and elevate him in that process, but allow him to take the pinfall as well. And then it progresses the Kofi storyline with Vince. Right, and I think that's great and have him with him. But I think it's uh, it's a good way for with Vince toying with Kofi to kind of to get some momentum going into this because that is kind of a thing and I don't know if you ever heard the story about Jericho told it I believe with Kofi and Vince Vince it like it was something in an airplane and I, I can't I don't know the exact specifics of it it was before I was up there where Kofi had to go to Vince and stand up on a plane airplane and like literally almost I don't want to say fight Vince but like stand up for himself like what the f- do you say about me sort of thing and Jericho could, was as he Jericho's definitely has told the story before, and because it was he was the one that I think told Kofi to go stick up for himself, or Vince isn't going to respect him, and Kofi did, and and it ended up being for the better in that. But it was um, 
this is kind of like a play, maybe like on Vince, how he is with guys. And uh, because I thought it was, it made Vince look like a real dickhead doing that. Oh, yeah. When they, when they did yeah. that. And so it's, I like it. I think it's because it will only, he needs to be that dickhead to give Kofi even more babyface momentum going in there with the guy that had happened to before, which I think Dan would be more than happy to, uh, because he understands being in that position and, and whatnot. So. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I like it. I wasn't I wasn't against it at all. I like, uh, you know, with Becky and all the stuff they're throwing at Becky, I feel like it's less needed because Becky is had become already kind of like one of the most over people in the company mm-hmm. at that point. So it's like they're trying to get Becky over when she's already over. So it's like kind of cooling the situation down. But Kofi, you know, hasn't been a singles competitor in a while, you know, yeah. and... Um, this story that they're painting with him makes much more sense, in my opinion, it, and, it, and it is helping to build uh, the like fever pitch of Daniel, you know, you know Kofi versus Daniel at, yeah. at WrestleMania. So yeah, I, I also uh, I also like it a lot. Kofi tweeted today saying uh, he said one thing became clear to him: Vince doesn't want him as WWE champion. He says. For 11 years, though, I finally have your attention. I'm not going away. See you Tuesday, Vince McMahon. So I feel like I feel like they're going to play into that now with Kofi and Vince, and I, I think that is much more needed with the Kofi storyline. than. The do you think they do line. a triple threat with KO in that, too, or no? I've been wondering that. Because that's why I was figuring I, where do they figure KO in into WrestleMania, too. With The only thing I could think of for Kevin, I was almost wondering if we either get... Kevin and Sammy versus Rowan and Harper. Like maybe Harper comes back, maybe Sammy comes back because Harper wrestled at a live event this weekend, so he's yeah. like back. He's he's cleared, um, and Sammy has said that he was you know going to be coming back soon for the next few months. I could see them maybe going that way, but it's not the most exciting thing for them to be doing at WrestleMania. Yeah, you would think that like putting him in the title match would make more sense, but are they really going to do two three way? WWE title matches in a row. I, I yeah. find that hard to believe. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I was trying to think too. Is because is that a way to allow Kofi to get the win over KO and then extend the feud with Daniel afterwards? I don't know. It's it can go a lot of different directions with it, but that's why I always say there's so much that goes into to WrestleMania because they're trying to figure guys in that they want to have on the card, and it doesn't always make for the best situations, but they may they have to make the best with the talent and keep talent happy too, because it's it, it's a really really tough thing and it's what you're seeing WrestleMania. There's so many matches on the card where it's it's crazy like it's like it's just appeasing. It's just like they're creating spots and you have an eight hour show and it, it's and you got to bring legends back. Yeah, got it's got a really weird stuff thing going on. So. Is it- to sit in catering at WrestleMania, like to just not be there, like is it not to, to not be in the ring? Like is it is that the biggest? So that's never happened to me, but for me, the last I had my first WrestleMania with Mark Henry and being figured in heavily to then being put on pre-shows every year after that for four years, and that that pissed me off to no end. Especially the last one, Dallas, that played a big part because everyone got locked out. They didn't. They didn't, people weren't in there, and uh, and like my, my girlfriend at the time missed my match. It was. Uh, I remember that. It was that to me was the ultimate slap in the face and uh, in, in killing yourself working high on the card throughout the year and uh, people show up and then they get put on the card and get to wrestle in front of the people that and it's it is what it is it but 
it's uh i can't i don't it would really really suck like say so for like a bray wyatt like what is he he they might wait till after wrestlemania to bring him back for something to do something with him or he would return there in some capacity maybe to do something but not necessarily wrestling but say they don't and they just bring him out there and he's just sitting out and catering all day like it, it's the worst that'd be the worst feeling in the world because you that's gotta be a mind i couldn't even imagine like you're like man like what am i not doing you know like yeah. that's gotta be frustrating and when they bring back and i get it because it's wrestlemania is a different pay-per-view than other ones but when they bring back guys that are well past their prime and bring them back and it's and you've been there killing yourself it's like no well, i don't know how long we're gonna be here for like this isn't it's just it goes through everyone's mind there it's but there's there's only so many spots and so many things, and it's a really, from a talent standpoint, it's it sucks, man, because you wanna you wanna go and perform in front of a crowd, the the largest crowd, and that energy, because there's nothing like it in the world, and uh, to not be involved in that is it, it hurts. It would it would I would say there's no talent that's gonna feel good about it at all, yeah. but. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Even, like, I was listening to Mina on Lillian Garcia's podcast today, and it's crazy just to hear someone, like, you know, she's been there 10 years, and she was, like, talking about how she hasn't, has she only had one T-shirt that happened a few months ago, you yeah. know, that, that in her whole tenure there, and, and just crying about, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to impress the right people. Like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, had man, some bad so luck, too. She's had a lot of injuries also. Yeah where she's been out for yes. long periods of time and they'd done some things with her. And then it just, so that all gets factored in. She has been there a long time, but there's been a lot of injuries too. And, but it is, it, it is, if you're not, if you're not one of those people, they look at like that. It's you're just, you're a good hand, which is the ultimate curse in wrestling kind of. And you just, you make, you make just enough money, but you're not, you know, you get a little bit of notoriety. They do just enough to keep you happy. And it's just, you know, it, not everyone gets the, it's just, because it's, it's entertainment. So there's not really, that's why I said, like, it, for me, that was one of the things. It doesn't matter. You could work morning to night, put more into it than anything anyone else does. And you show up and then they tell you, oh, you're not doing anything. It, nobody in the else in the world knows how hard you're working or what you're doing, and because they're judging only by what you're allowed to do out there. So, it's a yeah. Really... I hear Rusev talk about that a lot, where he'll be like, "I, I've lost fifty pounds. I have yep. gotten to the best shape of my life. Yep. Like, and literally, no one cares. Like, no." I no did that. Cares. What I during my Rybaxel period, I worked out. I got even better shape. I put even more effort into my gear. Like, I tried even harder. I killed myself, and it ended up, and it really hurt my body doing that and like because it was it, it, it did not matter and it that's a really he's a perfect example of they gave him a lot more money and but they, he took the pinfall again last night the rusev day i what happy rusev day is dead 17 pay-per-view losses in a row he's he is the modern day ryback as far yeah. as that was always my thing i told them it was i they like i was used actually well on tv where i had won i had a good win-loss record from overall, but it was on the big ones. I always lost the big ones outside of the Intercontinental Championship. And then the, and Jericho was the other one. That was like the only two that I could really, off the top of my head, the other ones was, I remember somebody sent it to me 
And it was just this overwhelming, that first year, the in the main event, the whole that whole period was like lost seven out of nine pay-per-view matches or whatever it was. It was in, in lost the Royal Rumble to see it. Like there was a huge losses in that that just they 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 chip away at you is what it does. And he's the same thing on that where that last year at WrestleMania, Happy Rusev Day was arguably the biggest thing. Yep. It's not yeah, even definitely. It's not even a thing now. And it was. It, it, it's crazy too because that, that wasn't a thing that was even creative. Like it was more so like they were like, we don't know what to do with these two guys. Just like put them in a tag team. And they yep. made that the most get over as one of the biggest things in the company. And then it was like, well, we're just going to make you a heel again. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, but like, so yeah. just imagine being Rusev. And I guess who I try to tell people. And then people writing articles that he failed. He didn't get over like. That's a really tough thing to sit back and watch, and you know that you're just going out and doing everything that they want you to do. It's he didn't fail. He's he's, but he's not being used in a that real momentum that he had was wasn't used. Transitioned onto camera, to and it's that's what I said. I remember I remember Alberto came back and signed for a lot of money when he came back and beat Cena for the U.S. Championship, and I was already starting to get in my head that I wanted that I needed to get away. And, and I remember him just telling me about the money he was making on the independence. And, but he said, uh, I remember there was another conversation somewhere down the line past that. And, uh, where he said his dad had mentioned something to him about, don't go back for the money that they give you. Cause they don't care about it's no, it's nothing to them. It's pennies to them sort of thing where like they'll, they'll bring you, but they'll get you to sign for a ton of money or what you can perceive to be a ton of money. But it, it's not a lot of money to them, and it's they'll just toy with you if that's what they want to do. And it's yep. that's kind of one of those situations. It's like, and he's kind of outspoken a little bit too. He says things and he's sarcastic, and he, but it's, but he knows when you put that much effort in and you have things, it's a really, I told that's from a wrestler standpoint, it's the biggest blow is creatively being shut down when it is creatively working. And it happens on multiple different occasions because then it's just, it takes the wind out of your sails and it's just, then it just becomes a, a job and you start to lose your heart and your passion for what you loved because that real element of getting over doesn't matter anymore. So it's like, well, why am I going to come up with something new to then just have it just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you guys not, why would I come something new to have you guys not care about it? Yeah. It's like, I always use this to analogy is if you were a painter and I said, Ryan, please, I would really like you to, to do this beautiful painting of me and my family. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll compensate you well for it and blah, blah, blah. And you, you draw, you take a year to draw this magnificent picture and, and, it, and it's beautiful. And I just look at you and this is horrible. And I rip it up. And I tell you to redo it. And and then you're going to, and you might put that same effort into it again. It might, maybe even the third time. But eventually you're going to stop putting the effort you're putting into drawing that picture because you know it's only going to get torn up and thrown away. That's what I can, and so it, it just, I try to use that analogy to people that that happens with wrestling a lot. And it's, um. it's just life. It's what it is, their world. Yeah. So you either stay there and you, you put up with it or you leave and go do your own thing. So... But that's. I feel like it's a lot of that way in business in general. Like yeah. I have a job. Like, no, it is. Like, that's why I try and say thank you anytime. Like my writer, you know, anyone that's working for me does anything because I'm like 
I've dealt with people who didn't. <laughs> it makes Absolutely. you, at the end of the day, you're frustrated. Like, it's like, I think my, he even once said to me, he said, like, you don't have to thank me every time, like, you're paying me. And I was yeah. like, no, I do. Like, yeah. No, you understand <laughs> the effort and people, and that's just, yeah. that. that's the way everything should be. Unfortunately, yeah. in the real world, it's not. But speaking, before we, we wrap up, I did want to ask you, because we talked briefly, real quick, the Meltzer stuff with uh, oh, with Roman. Yeah. was, uh, And yeah. I, I saw that, and it's just, it's, and I don't want to say anything, like, Dave, I just wish he understood the impact that he has over people that listen to him. And, and I know personally from things that he said before that weren't true, that got me a lot of hate on things, that he has a responsibility if he is going to be a journalist and he has he's talking to people backstage that he has to ask himself is the reason why these people are telling me this is because they're bitter and negative or angry or they don't like the person possibly or he has to question his sources and where he gets things and understand that when he puts something out there that it is going to get wrestlers a lot of hate if he has a negative spin on it or thing you know what i mean and i wish yeah yeah absolutely i wish he just understood that better and cuz i don't think he, well, I'm sure he's not a bad guy outside in certain things, but he, it's just, they, they could do a lot of damage to people in their careers with how people perceive them. And I don't think they understand that sometimes, or they do and they don't care. Well, one of my biggest things, like when I was at TMZ that made me want to stay in news was like, I would see, it wasn't so much, uh, putting out stories on people, uh, putting out stories that about p things people didn't necessarily know about. It was more so like, I felt bad when I would see incorrect information spread about anyone, like anyone. Because once so, it happens, it happens. It doesn't, there's yeah. like, it doesn't fully and, go and, back. And, and I don't think, I don't think people realize, I mean, I'm sure some do, but to me, like, it's just from being involved in news for so long, people don't understand how quickly a narrative can get painted on something. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and all it takes is one person of influence to paint a picture and people who are looking for a picture to be painted, take that as fact. And it's, that's fact forever, yeah. you know? Yep. And, and I think that that always frustrated me. And so, um, while I don't care, I do care, but while I don't go out, you know, I don't try to, I don't try to put down Meltzer's reporting ever because, anymore because it's, it doesn't help me at all yeah. to just be focused on my competition. But I agree with you in the fact that, like, when it comes to something like this, like cancer, it's not someone having heat in the locker room. It's not a storyline. Yeah. It's not a match that they might be building up to. This is a man's cancer. Like, yeah. this is a serious life thing. Yeah. And to, for me, to speculate on things related to his cancer – is 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 one not cool but 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 to take that even further to actually dig that, the fact that he's even digging looking for stuff if kenny omega had cancer do you think he's going to be digging to try to find no no he wouldn't i definitely don't that's how i 100 percent feel that way is that yeah. like i don't feel like he would be calling a million doctors to try and who does and, that as a liar over the most minute detail of someone's treatment where you go, well, he's not really taking chemo. Yeah. But wait, he said he's taking chemo. Who are you to say he's not? And yep. I don't want to like, I'm trying, it's not necessarily, like, I don't have anything against Dave, but it did very much frustrate me when it was like, he said in the thing like, well, Roman said he's taking chemotherapy, but I don't think he is. That, to me, paints a picture. You're calling him a liar, questioning him, which other people are then going to then go attack him. And it, exactly. It's just that and he doesn't, I don't think he, my whole thing is if, if it was one of his guys that he talks to that gives him information, 
he wouldn't be doing that. So I kind of feel the same way in that regard. And it's the least empathetic thing you could do, and it's something over over something that's just such like a. It's it's something that doesn't need to be called out. It's one thing if like if Roman was actually lying about his cancer, it'd be one thing. But to be like, well, these medical professionals told me you'd take this, so I'm not gonna believe Roman saying he did this. And it's like, why? Yeah. Why wouldn't you believe him? He did a full sit down for the people like you who were frustrated that you didn't get enough information. He did a sit down for you so you could get that information, and then you're calling him a liar. That's just yeah. Next no, level. you don't. You don't. Yeah. You don't do that. It's just it's no. It's unfortunate. And I respect. I respect things he's done in the industry, but that one just I that one just really, really rubbed me the wrong way. Very much so. Yeah. No, it's uh I understand completely, trust me. So it's uh hopefully uh they realize their mistakes and don't just do that. Just keep letting people know just let just keep letting your fan base know that you like me and my website and that's all you need. All you need. <laughs> Instead of putting others down, we'll promote the fact that you can check out all the stories on my website yes. for wrestling sheet. Dot com at wrestling sheet on social media uh, youtube.com slash c slash wrestling sheet that's where the videos that we put up all week are there's the ron smackdown recaps with my host john roca uh, wrestling sheet radio a bunch of other stuff there as well and you can follow me at ryan satin on all social media good deal ryan thank you very much guys we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back after these messages you've heard us talk about real good foods before on the podcast and just how much i love their real good pizzas and enchiladas now Real Good Foods also has their new poppers, which are a super low carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low carb, grain free, gluten free, and keto friendly. Most items have as low as three to four grams of carbs per serving. From their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com, on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country, with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code RYBACK off of realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Foods. Feed. Me. More. All right. We are back. I have JD here from Florida, Asian Joe. He's fixing a flat tire. Whose flat tire? I'm not quite sure. He does. He is known to have car trouble, though. JD. Oh yeah. It's it's that's like a regular thing. He's had back before. I think it was back during the Phoenix era. He would have. He would routinely have car trouble. And here during during this era, I feel maybe that was even. It was definitely before you too. But I, I feel like he's had car trouble with you here too. Does he invest his money into his bowling equipment? I don't know. I mean, he does have nine bowling balls. That's what I said. I feel like that's a bit excessive. He had like five in his locker. It's, really? Yeah. I, well, I. In all fairness, I have I have two bowling balls here. One was the one I got, and my sister got me one as a gift. And I have two bowling ball bags. And uh, but I can't imagine having nine. But I guess if you had to all you did, it's like, I guess I play in baseball. I had a bunch of baseball bats growing up that you kind of accumulate them over the years. So he doesn't continuously use all nine, but he just has nine? I think he does, though. I think he... Oh, you think he does? Yeah, I'm pretty... There's no way There's no way he takes them all to each game, though. No, but that's why I said I think he has four or five in the locker, and then he switches them out. 
Probably that that'd be my guess. After after six months, he he switches out the balls for the for the other ones to keep them huh. fresh. I don't know what the theory. There's pro bowlers, dude. They do. Um, I know they have they have several balls during their because like bowling's been on TV. Coincidentally, like I never noticed for the longest time, and then all of a sudden bowling's been on TV. I, I'm like, it's like it's. I know they're not tracking me because it's TV, but it was. Uh, I know to say they use several balls, but I don't know if that's because there's so much oil too on the lanes. They're always wiping them off, and but they have like they use different ones for spares and different ones for when they're just when they're their first frame. And dude, speaking of tracking, how weird is this? Today I'm at I go to Nordstrom, and about 20 minutes. What do you buy after... at Nordstrom? Well, I was with a woman. Oh, okay. That was gonna. That was 20 minutes after we leave. A notification shows up on my phone that says, "How did you enjoy Nordstrom?" Get the f- out of here! I swear to God, like just when I when you pull down the thing on the top of your phone for yeah. your notifications, it said, "Click here to tell us how you enjoyed Nordstrom." And I was like, "Jesus Christ!" How really? did you enjoy our bathrooms, JD? I didn't even go in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's next. Wow! Like. Did you enjoy our toilet seat warmers, JD? I'm like, they knew that I was there and they knew that I was gone. That is, uh, technology is, uh, getting a little more and more invasive. They're just checking on you just to see, and then you're going to get the emails somehow, the phone calls, the follow-ups, and then from their, uh, affiliates or their, uh, what is it? Their friends, whatever, and then they pawn your number off. Oh yeah, they sell uh, sell the information. I can't stand, dude. There's every day. I know it's we bad. talk about it sometimes. The the calls, and it's always from the same area code as your phone, right? Yeah. Oh, I get. I, they're, they're tricking you now too. They're that's the next step they've done because I've noticed that it's been uh, my doctor, dude. When I was with my doctor last week, he got three phone calls from those in a row, and. It, it, he just goes, it's worse than ever. And then we got into talking about the robo killer and then how it's all, I go, it's all connected. I go, they create the problem. They sell you the solution and mm-hmm. it's, but they, uh, I get calls like student loan things too. And like you unsubscribe from it and like I don't have student loans or anything. It's, it's crazy. And, uh, how do you unsubscribe? Are you they text? Nine. Whenever they call for you, nine seems to be the magic number. Huh, I just block it. Well, that, I, I, so I do that too. But I I usually, when I answer, I get mad and I hit nine right away because on more often than not, it it will unsubscribe you right then and there. But it still doesn't matter. Even blocking, they just call from, it's computers generating numbers. Yeah. What what the do we do? I don't know. I had one, I probably get about 20 a week from 502 numbers, which is crazy. And... Which is Louisville. Yeah. Last week I got pissed off and I called one of the numbers back. And and when it answered, it literally took like 10 or 15 seconds for a human to answer. It was like, oh my God, somebody's there. And he was less like, hi, we need to talk to you about your insurance payment to, I don't even remember what name he said. I never heard of this insurance company before. And I said, what payment? He's like, well, you owe, uh, there's an outstanding amount. I was like, to this company, I said, car insurance, he says. I said, my car insurance is through State Farm. Click. Same here. They hung up on me. Click. 
that I've had that happen. They they just they hang right up. Or if I say please, if I like, I try not to like get angry at those. They'll say please stop calling, and they'll just click. They don't even respond back. They just hang up on you. They, well, what kind of scam? Just, like I never even heard of that insurance company. And he's like, you owe us money. And I was like, for for your car insurance. I'm like, no, I don't. My my car insurance is through State Farm. It hangs up instantly. Like, so they're not even like telemarketers working on behalf of legit companies. Yeah. These are straight up crooks. We live in a really, really shady world, JD. How do you like State Farm, by the way? I've never had any issues with them. Me neither. And I think I just got my new, my, my insurance actually renews next month because I've talked about it on here. I left Geico. Because Geico. That's who I had before. Too. Yeah, f*** them, man. I get, I get mad at this, some of the, these companies. Perfect driving record. They don't reward you for being a good driver. No. They punish me. They've, they've jacked my pricing up and they blame it on the state. Of or the drivers, as because as a whole, they they I go so I'm paying for other people's or mistakes or whatever things happen, accidents happen. I go, you shouldn't. We're all gonna like you shouldn't have to get punished for that. And they, I told them, I go, and what I've noticed with people with car insurance is you just gotta be. It takes a little bit of time, but if you're with an, an insurance agency and they try to jack up your pricing, you just leave them. And you call around and you will find better pricing because somebody's going to want your business. But Geico, I found, because I've gone back to them before, because usually I find you there for two or three billing cycles every six months. Then they try to jack it up and then you leave for a bit, leave for like a year and you go back and then they lower it even lower. Then they do the whole thing all over again. Because I've gone from Liberty Mutual to Geico, back to Liberty Mutual, back to Geico, now to State Farm over the course of the years and state farm actually lowered my bill. I think about, I want to say like 18 bucks. So, I mean, it's better than going up. Oh no, they do. Because before I had the Beamer, my car, which the other one I owned outright, my insurance was $115 a month. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I got my bills and it was 90 a month. So I'm always paranoid when something is seems good because it's not not very often that that happens no i know i remember one time i got a, a check from wwe and it was like <laughs> a couple hundred dollars more than it should have been and i refused to cash it until i could talk to somebody because i'm like i don't want to pay that money back oh yeah and, that would be yeah and then I, I got a hold of somebody and they said well you got a raise i said a raise and they said well you've you know been an extra so many times you got a raise and i was like oh okay safe safe to deposit the money but um i called state farm and they're like yeah you have such a good driving record we lowered it from 115 to 90 i'm like no catches they're like no just keep being a good driver i'm like all right yeah no that's what it should be yeah if you're not because otherwise they're just making money off of you that's what and and again we all need insurance and, and things happen but if things don't happen to you you shouldn't be punished for it and that tends to be but that's how they cover their asses because a lot of these tr- companies, bigger companies, are publicly traded too. I mm-hmm. think, and they, they're always trying to. They're, it's they offer a service, but they're trying to increase their bottom line one way or the other. Still, in other ways, it, and it's I'm finding it, it's when you mix that, it, it it creates a really shady business on that end when you're providing a service to people like that because they're always going to find a ways to increase their revenue. And if they can't do it in house, or through anything, or just by by default, they will then they, it's like they punish the good drivers. Well, another thing they do too, I think, is 
at the end of the year, they evaluate what they paid out. And I mean, guaranteed there's going to be some really big claims. Somebody gets in a car accident, hits somebody and they paralyze them. They're going to be paying tens of millions of dollars. But I think they assess their losses and then re-evaluate the premiums for everybody else. But it shouldn't be that way. Like you should be able to make that up on the people who are costing you the money. Yeah. And I, I'm sympathetic to it. Like, cause accidents happen to people and it's like, it's mistakes happen and whatnot, but it's like in my early twenties, somebody hit me. And when the cop came, he didn't assign fault Ooh. because there was no witnesses. And that came so, back to bite you. We both of us had our insurances raised a thousand dollars a year, so they got raised, you know, basically eighty bucks a month. They're like, "Well, you were in an accident, you know." They had to pay for the repairs, but because the cop didn't assign blame, that's actually they, good to know that if cases an accident does happen and you know it wasn't your fault, to make sure that the officer assigns the blame. Yeah, yeah, because that will come back. Insurances will look or for get anyone. a witness. Yeah. I dude, I I went. I remember going across the street, and I knocked on a couple people's doors, whose uh, front windows were facing the intersection. And I was like, "Did you guys just happen to see that accident? This prick hit me." <laughs> and they're like, "No." <laughs> like, God damn it. That's uh, it's funny you bring that up though, because I got punished with Chase Payment Tech with my authorized.net for my website, which we'll have that back up. It should be next week. You can still pay, check out with PayPal credit cards, PayPal and uh, Amazon pay. I told you the, um, some dip cast nutrition, they, uh, big wholesale, three orders, three wholesale orders for thousands of dollars. And, uh, Apparently, it was with a stolen credit card. So somebody stole somebody's credit card and then put huge orders for Feed Me More Nutrition. And uh, the first time, it's crazy how this all worked out. Because I remember I told you I sent that mass order. It got sent back to me. The order was denied. Whoever accepted it, and it was sent to like, I don't know, it was sent back east. And then the guy, I had to contact them. I go, what's going on? The order was sent back. It was denied. I'm so sorry. We, We need to send it here instead. So I have like, I have all the information, sent it to the new address. It was accepted three huge orders. And then, uh, two months later, got the, a charge back on the account, the business account. Hold and on a sec. Does it, so it wasn't actually cast nutrition. No, that that's the email. That's the, that's the person that they have the name, the shipping, uh, name that it was sent to and cast nutrition was the name of the business. So, how real that is, if it was a made up, I don't know. And it was, it, it's so frustrating though. The bank, obviously they, they, the chargeback was filed because it was, it was a fraudulent credit card transaction. The person had their credit card stolen. Um, used it and these used it three times. Okay. See, when you when you tell me on Voxer, I'm like, wait a minute, did they place the order, get the merch? And then file a chargeback pretending like... No, that's what I initially thought. And then I got the information from the bank. It was it was a stolen credit card or stolen credit card information. <laughs> so anyways, <clears throat> the Chase 
that money, they just filed a second charge back for the second order, the the person, because for whatever reason, he hasn't even filed the third yet. I don't know what, it's it's so weird. So, but I had to send everything to Chase Payment Tech to dispute it, to show that, because it shouldn't fall on the seller, because the seller has no way of knowing if somebody's credit card is stolen or not. No. But I'm getting punished by Chase Payment Tech. They are dropping me because of the amount of the chargebacks that it's, and it's so, and now anyways, and going through, I had to create a new authorized.net account and they're, uh, did you submit them the correspondence between you guys? Yeah, everything. I, that's what it was. I had to, the first time I was able to send everything on an email. The second time I just mailed it out yesterday because they weren't the, it's another thing. The credit card companies make it extremely difficult to send information, they want PDF files, which are fine. You convert your images to PDFs online, but the PDF files are large when you do. I have no control over the size of the image. Take a picture, convert it to a PDF, and they go, everything has to be in one email. I sent it in eight separate emails because each image would have, only one image could be sent at a, at a time without going over their file size that they wanted. And then, so anyways, I had to call the bank yesterday. I was on the phone forever. Oh, you got, dude, you, you should have either A, when you take the picture, there should be a thing to resize the picture. Yeah. Or if it's, just, if they wanted it all in one email, send it through, um, not Dropbox, we transfer. They don't accept any of those. I oh, tried. Oh, no. That's what I dropboxed everything first. And then they, they respond back. They go, we don't accept everything has to be sent. It goes, we don't accept Dropbox. That was. It, the lady said on the phone, she goes, that's the credit card companies. They make it extremely difficult when you're trying to send information for a dispute because they have to look at that information and then realize I would have no way of knowing that. And then I would be issued the money. That's typically, but the the bank will end up, the credit card company will end up having to pay. But, and Chase is not at risk. The payment tech thing isn't at risk for anything on any of this. I would be the one if, for whatever reason, if it came back and the credit card company said, no, we're not going to pay this, I would be out thousands of dollars of product and money from my business. So we'll see. But those guys, when I, uh, I have their address too, and I'll, I will make sure with the credit card, I will continue to follow up with it. But just You never know where the address is, though, too, dude, because, like, look at mine last month with the, uh, Somebody took my card number and bought an iPad for a thousand bucks. Well, they had the orders shipped. Thousand. Yeah, remember, same thing. I, they gave uh, Best Buy an address. Remember, and when I found it to that apartment complex. Yeah. And then I called them, and I said, "I need to know who lives in uh, Bill Two O Two Two, and they're like, "It's vacant." And I'm like, "The thing vacant? is, though." And that's the thing. This address they had the product shipped to, they would have to be there to receive the product. Was there a tracking number? Yeah, I, I sent them all the tracking. I have all of it. it was, so they could theoretically have it sent to a address, but just they could have, yeah, and just been, been there and timed there, it out yeah. where they just stuck they they because they knew when the, when it was what day it was going to be in. Because that's what those people with the iPad would have had to have done. Yeah, no, that it's, it's I thought about that. It's very possible, but the thing is, I was like, hopefully through the emails, and I don't know if they could track. Like that email, who created that email, the IP address. There's ways those credit card companies can yeah, track things because they deal with this on a daily basis. 
So have I'm you sure they, the address. The what? Yeah, I sent them everything. No, no. Have you Googled the address? No, I haven't even Googled. No, I've never even done that yet. Actually, that's a good you idea. Should and see see what shows what up. Pulls up. I didn't even think of that yet. Yeah. I like to stalk these. That's what I'll take a screenshot of it to send them the image of it. <laughs> have nice my have my graphic there. guy uh, ins- insert a picture of me there, like I'm there at the place looking for him. Yeah, <laughs> with a gun. Nice neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Speaking of, I got the new uh, finish it BCAAs, and we're doing a discount. They probably will be gone by the time this comes out on Monday, but giving them away for nine ninety nine. Not even making money on them, just giving away the old formula and uh, to try to get some more reviews. And uh, the new ones came in without the ribose. It's a million times better. Like it, it's, that's what I was like, it's what it was supposed to be initially. But the ribose, we have a disclaimer on there on Amazon, but it sucks the moisture out of the other ingredients and causes clumping and hardening a little bit, which if you shake it, it's fine. But it turns into, it converts into another ingredient ingredient called Ribidol, I believe. And it has like a brown discoloration. So the new formula that doesn't exist, it's lighter, it's pinker, tastier, taste, I, I think it tastes a million times better. So uh, those will, those, oh, I just shipped out a bunch of inventory for those today. So those are all going to be to Amazon next week. New shell shock, same formula, just all white bottles, everything matches now. And uh, the candy apples being produced right now, they should have the labels next week. I should have it in maybe three weeks, two to three weeks. Cookies. You decided for sure on candy apples. Sorry, green apple. apple. Green apple. apple. Yeah, I went on green apple just because it it, it tastes like green apple. I'd rather play it safe because you were telling me that, and I'm like, it's not going to be a big deal. Candy apples and put a green apple on. I go, but people get pissed off over anything these days. You're better safe than sorry. Yeah, because candy apple's got a really different flavor than green apple. And I wouldn't even, it, it's, to me, this tastes like a candy apple, but it, it's 100% a green apple. So I was, uh, I was like, yeah, I was like, green candy apple? I was like, no, just not even. It tastes really, really good, though. That's, I think that one's going to end up turning into my, my number one bestseller, which they came out, dude, they did, they did, um, they did a raspberry. For the wake up limited energy and a strawberry lemonade, both of them are f- amazing. So I got two more flavors ready to go whenever here. And sent Europa, I said, just went out today for Europa for distribution. I just sent them, I had to send them um, a couple bottles of everything for them to try out. And one of them specifically to David Hayes, the owner of Europa. So if I can get this deal worked out, Businesses, Jim Ross would say business is about to pick up, but picking up for him too. Apparently, he's going. I just saw he's going to AEW. I think for like a million a year or something. Is he? Is that what it is? Something like that. Yeah. I'm not. I don't talk to. I talked to Ryan on uh, when I get back here Sunday to uh, to record the wrestling report. I was. Uh, I was. I just saw that. There was an image that wrestling a wrestling historian on Instagram, follow him, guys. He does the interviews for us. Uh, put a picture of him going to AEW, and I was like, I didn't really know anything about it. Yeah, I saw it last night. It's word on the street. That's a big pickup. Well, I mean, he uh, 
if you think about it, when he, he went back to WWE, it was kind of like, it was right after his wife died. Yeah. And it almost sort of just seemed like they brought him back kind of like to, you know, because there was not really, you know, when they let him go, they said, it's just like, we don't have anything for you. We don't want you to do commentary anymore. And you're not, you're not working in the office really. So, you know. Which is a shame. I feel like because he's such commentary wise, I always enjoyed him. And he was a staple for so many years. It's almost like having him commentate the matches make the superstars bigger, if that makes sense, because he commentated all the big... I was just thinking about... It's like when you work with a top guy and you're new, you get the rub because you're in there with a top guy, that it's the same thing with commentating. You need to bring in new commentators, but having a guy like that commentate your matches is... I don't know. I feel like it gives... They have so many new superstars up there, but... Well, it is. I mean, dude, I mean, people, you know, I remember years ago when they'd say, so what, you know, what are your goals in wrestling? And one of them was I have to have a match refed by Earl Hebner. Yeah. And this was like, you know, he just got let go by WWE and they're like, well, why? And I was like, what do you mean why? He's worked with everybody. He's worked with all the big boys, all the, all the draws. I need to work with him. And, and talk to him afterwards and just see what he thinks. Like, And I also want to have, I mean, because there's so many refs on the indies that are just like, whatever. Yeah. Right. He's the creme de la creme. I want to see how he does things, how he works. And it's just a different, it's, it's just a different level with a guy like that. And it's, it's, it's like that with JR too. I mean, no offense to, you know, any of the commentators and stuff like that, but it was just certain guys have that big show sound. Yeah. JR had it. JR had it with, with the King. I thought Heyman, when he did commentary there in the early 2000s when King was gone, yep. he's, he's got the big fight voice. Yeah. Um, even Vince, you know, I'll give Vince credit in the 90s at times, and especially for a guy who knew everything that was happening on the show to be able to sell it as if he didn't. Yeah. There was a lot of matches he called that were enhanced by his commentary and uh that's what i mean he adds a lot on that end and he's been around man wrestlemania 9 i was just talking to somebody about that the guy at the ups store today actually was that and uh he was asking me something i forget what he asked me but he brought up wrestlemania 9 at caesar's palace and i remember that i think that was jim ross's first event for wwe yeah for if I'm not mistaken, it's like and before that he was with WCW. I mean, he's literally been around everybody and all the greats. He's worked in the office in, in talent relations. And, but as far as like an on air perspective, it's like, well, he was in the office in the eighties too, for yeah. Bill Watts. Oh. I mean, he he's, I think he's been in wrestling now for, is it 40 years or is it? I wouldn't be shocked at that at all. It, it, it's been, it's been a long time. Yeah, because he started off as just a Joe boy. Yeah. And then I think he worked, worked he was ringing out right? there. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I'm telling you, man, if they, they keep just piece things together, it's going to take time. But like I said, they're going to have a lot of new guys in that promotion. It helps having a guy, a familiar face, commentate the matches for guys like that. It just somehow gives a rub. And I can't explain it, but it just does. Because if you have, you're watching. It just, it just sounds legit. Yeah. Anyway, it, you slice it, it sounds legit. Absolutely. And if you got to think too, like if you're 
a kid or, or somebody and you don't know anything about this new promotion, you don't know anything about these two independent guys that are now with this promotion, but you know who the come. Oh, I know who Jim Ross is. You're more prone to sit and watch. And rather than if you're just like, what's this? I don't know. You know what I mean? If you don't know anything going on, you don't know any of the guys. Oh, another wrestling. You know, like, it's a hook. And that's they're, they're adding some hooks. If they have the right hooks, that's... Uh, well, I mean, look, at that's how WCW grew because they had, you know, aside from from Flair and Sting, they always had big problems creating new stars. Yeah. And that's why they were such a distant second to WWF. And then in 94, when Macho Man went over, because, I mean, a couple other WWF guys, like, defected over, like, Rick Rude and stuff like that. But, like... He wasn't as active at that point, really. I don't. Well, know. Well, he, he was, but... Bit. You know, I think he was there for maybe a year and a half, two years, and he got hurt, and he was, you know, he was done. Yeah. But when Macho Man went over, everybody was like, whoa. And then after that comes Hogan, or whichever one came first. And then it was like, wait a minute, these guys are here now? And I can't remember who came after that, but then there was like a break till 95, and then guys started coming in. And then, of course, 96, you know, with Hall and Nash, and it was just like, everybody was paying attention and you know i'm sure guys back then were pissed because like hey how come these guys are coming in but they brought a level of legitimacy to the company that wasn't there or wasn't as as much as it needed to be to be even seen as any kind of a threat to wwf this is true and and when those guys came in it was like wait a minute world champion world champion main eventer wrestlemania is like now, all of a sudden, they just instantly, just by walking out on the show, you know, yeah. gave them, elevated them. And then by the end of 95, 96, they were neck and neck. That's, uh, you just gave me a good idea. That's the, rather than go back wrestling, I just go back in a suit and do the Rick Rude. Just, yeah. just, <laughs> just walk out. Uh, that's a good thing. You know, that's something AEW, hopefully, I'm sure they, they will do that. You don't want to sign and announce everybody beforehand. You want surprises. I think that will be a big thing for them going forward, too, to have that. Because that's the one thing with wrestling, the surprise element of it. I think if they can recapture that a little bit, that to me was when I was a kid, that was my favorite thing. Seeing people, when that whole thing was going on, like who's going to go where. Jumping where, yeah. That was one of the coolest periods. I think that was had a big part to do with a lot of that back then, and uh, I think that's what's missing from today. Well, it's almost impossible to do anything for a surprise because, you know, and I remember the internet. Year, years ago hearing about Brock. Some, some Brock was supposed to be involved with some kind of surprise, and they had like a, a meeting and catering, and he lost, and he threw a chair across the room, and he said he was going to kill whoever was leaking all Some, the Meltzer. They have so many stooges all around all in that whole thing. So, Well, it's like we were talking about, you know, and I said, you know, years ago it used to be guys who were bitter and mad and it's almost like them getting revenge by stooging off stuff. Now, because everybody's online, you know, every journalist and they're on social media everywhere, guys talk to them just to get their names out there. Yeah. But even still, nothing is hidden anymore. No. I mean, you got wrestlers giving guys information to try to be get over with them so they don't or yeah but but i mean you have people standing in the middle of the ring on raw saying (laughs) you know you can't follow the script 
or I'm not going to follow this. And it's, you know, you're saying stuff like this. So it's like, We've it's so hard. This. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard to like, but I honestly look, I'm not going to follow the script, but the moment we start fighting, yeah. I'm going to follow the script. Yeah. I'm not there's nowhere to go this. from that, JD. I've told we've talked. No. There's, there's. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna follow the script, but I'm gonna stand here with the microphone and look directly into the hard cam. Like if I was not gonna follow the script, the first yes. thing I'd do is turn my back to the hard cam. Do you think right? if you were watching a movie and Arnold Schwarzenegger, who tweeted me by the way a couple of weeks ago, the uh, and he just stopped while filming the movie just to let you know that the movie is fake, and then he goes back to being the Terminator, that'd be really over. Look, my, my, I told you, my, I, have, I have a buddy in Vancouver. A lot of big movies are shot in Vancouver. And he, he worked on uh, Deadpool 2. Okay, and he was very insignificant role. Ex, he was an extra. They took his phone and they put black tape over it. Yeah. And it's a kind of tape where they know, they give him the phone back, but they check the phone periodically throughout the day to see if he tried to take the tape off because they can tell because once they put it on if you try to take it off you can see that it's you tried to take it off yeah so you how do you have hundreds of people there's way more people working on a movie like that than there is at raw how and, and not only that at raw if you take away the ring crew and the production crew and all these people who are in charge of all this other stuff that have nothing to do with the actual presentation of the show. They're not privy to any information. I think it's a lot of the wrestlers and the people up above it. Is. That. Yeah. So what I'm saying is how do you have on a movie set, like think about it, you have all the lighting people, the mu- everybody, you have so many people involved in the scenes. In any one scene, there's dozens if not hundreds of people witnessing the scene who could provide spoilers. That doesn't happen in wrestling. You're talking about maybe a couple dozen tops. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. How do they keep from not getting out? Every now and then, somebody from like the 30th floor of a high rise will zoom in with their cell phone and take a picture of a scene being filmed and leak it online and say, oh, look, here's the car that Ryan Reynolds is driving in Deadpool 2. But everything else with the movie is under lock and key. How do they manage that? But in wrestling at two 30 in the afternoon or three o'clock in the afternoon, it's like, Oh, guess what's going to happen tonight on raw. We just found out. It's like, what? They probably just finished right down. Yeah. I think that they should have, and I've been saying this for years, every single day or every single TV. If you are given information like that, you should have to sign something or initial something rather that you got this script handed to you when they give it to you, you initial it. It's a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. And to say here, look, initial here. Okay. Now go sit down. And anybody who's involved in that has to initial it. Needs to be something to contain. Something like what's the, like magicians don't sit there. You know, Copperfield's been on top of in Vegas for, for 25 years. Oh yeah. It's not like, Hey, his show starts at seven o'clock, but at three thirty, you can go read online. You know the trick he's going to do it quarter after eight, and how yeah. he's going to do it. He also doesn't tell you while he's up there doing the act that in it's the fake. middle. Yeah. By the way, he doesn't just stop I, to break character and say what I'm about to do is completely fake. The woman is not sawed in half, guys. Yeah, I I, re- I didn't really make the seven forty seven disappear. It's yeah. all fake. Yeah, don't, don't, it's all don't fake. Get 
and then tell you actually exactly how it is fake, <laughs> and then do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still yeah. won't. Uh, it's oh, it's all just so counterproductive. And I mean, anybody who it is to this or thinks like, oh well, man, things have changed. It's just the way it is. That doesn't mean that it's good or right. It's still nowhere to go from it either. You yeah, don't do because... that. It's it's okay to. It's, I think in the in, in context of this on a show like this or when people are doing interviews, even though I think even when you're doing interviews for WWE or as business, you try to stay in character to some degree. I, I think that's, that's key for that kind of stuff. But like you see in like interviews and stuff, people open up and because people they're there for that. That's what they're, but because you're not actually performing the magic, so to speak. But I think when you're like in the work environment, there's no need. There's just, I think, I think Joe is here. No, I mean it's just it you you gain nothing. And let's be honest, it's like I said the other day. If your hook to getting people to watch your show is spoiling what's going to happen on your show rather than the actual presentation of your product, if you have to do that, what does that ultimately say about the product you're putting out if you don't have the confidence in it? You're like, "Well, we got to kind of leak this." Yeah. And give give you the heads up because you know, and they say, well, we can't have somebody just show up on the show anymore. We have to promote it. Why? Since when? Did that affect stuff 15, 20 years ago? No, because if you do it enough with surprises and people will tune in. They'll tune in because they're scared to miss out. Yep. The fear of missing Not. out. We know well, all about that with investing, JD. Well, that's right. FOMO. Asian Joe, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, made it. Is it your flat tire? No, I was already in Henderson uh, fixing the Oops. website. Maybe Alexis. Oh, son of yeah. How'd you get a flat tire? No, 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 no. I said I was working on a website that, that, that was an issue. I thought you said you had a flat tire. No, I never said a flat tire. I said I, have, I had an How issue the, with the website. If I read... Did you... So you said I had a flat tire? Hold on. So the, so hold on a minute. The first five minutes of the show, we talked about Joe having a flat tire, whether we're speculating whether it's his <laughs> or somebody else. <laughs> Sorry, I'll be there in 30. Got stuck fixing a website. How the... I read that and you thought you had a flat tire. Oh. <laughs> like I think I only read till fixing oh. and just assumed because of all I did talk about you had a, you're known for your car troubles. Right. No, I was I was in Henderson. I was also just coming in with carrying in some cold ice cold zebias. Yeah. That Smith forgot yesterday I had to go pick back up today. Yeah. So yeah. Um I was building Sorry. I was building a new website for Alexis. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could fix it. I could, you know, I fix yeah, because See, we can go, we this, go with that. We'll go with that. Is, <laughs> this is a perfect example of why we don't release spoilers. Because you never get it. See, because you never know. Like he, he comes in and says, no, I was building a website. We're like, whoa, we got a flat tire. <laughs> I'm not wrong very often, J.D., but I was f***ing wrong on that one. Jeez. I'm like, wait, where did the flat tire? I, never I, don't, I don't know why. <laughs> I think I literally just read till fixing. Oh, there's, okay. no, there's no excuse for that. <laughs> That's fine. Well, but there I was made a it. problem. But well, bottom line, I made it. Did you get the website fixed? Yeah. Well, it was just like I was up installing WordPress, and then there's some plugin that was wasn't working. So I was then by the time you texted me, it's like oh, it's four o'clock. I got to get here. So no, that's good. I actually that was I said, oh, me and JD are going to get started because I got to I leave for St. Louis. That's right. In the morning. Yeah, I, I was trying to because like, Sunday I won't be able to. 
Yeah, you're out of town or you're doing your No, no, no because uh, no, a friend of mine is in town, you said. An old, an, uh, actually, a whole, old high school buddy of mine is actually coming in from Australia. Oh, wow. So he's coming on Sunday, so he wants to hang out. And what part so, of Australia? Australia. I you know? think, I think Sydney or Melbourne. I'm not. Okay. I'm not I've sure which. One. But he he works down there. So, but dude, it's. I just realized that it's going to be our 20 year anniversary. Uh, 20 20 year. Thought you were talking reunion. about the show. No. <laughs> yeah. The, too long. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, you know the high school reunion. I've never gone to any of them. I'm actually, I'm talking about that in my book, how I never went to like prom or I've never gone. I never, I never went. Like I, th- I remember. I've never it, gone to because I was gone. I remember there was a 10 year, 10 year uh, high school reunion in Chicago, but I never went. Cause I was, I mean, I was like the between, between the jocks and the, uh, the yeah. nerds. So the I never. The mediator really, between the jocks and the nerds. Of, yeah. But I was just, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you had your own clique of friends. And so yeah. it's like, whatever. I see my, my clique of friends was a point of. Seeing everyone else, but I was very like I said, I, I was I'm very. I don't Were you know, a popper kid? I was because I I excelled at sports. Yeah. So I everyone I got along with everyone. Yeah. But I was a anti-social little. Really. Like I I had my little group of small friends that grew up in my neighborhood uh-huh. by me, and all I did play sports and like I got along with everybody, but like. I didn't like go out. I never went. So to no one asked you like, I never, hey, I you want to come up I never prom went to one or... school function. Actually. Not one. I yeah, never. I never. I never, was, I never went I never to dances. Yeah, I never went to dances. But I did like. I didn't want a Letterman jacket. I thought they were stupid. I just thought like. Really? Yeah, I'm so. I was like, I don't need that. I didn't care. Oh, okay. It wasn't like my parents would have got it for me. I just never. I don't know. I was. I'm mad. I'm. I live in my own world. I don't like. I'm really curious, like, if we can interview like your old high school classmates and see what they thought of you during high school. They all follow me on social media because I'll get messages. From right, them and but I want to see like how how you were in high school, like from their their point of view. I saw somebody posted something on something that I when I posted my creatine. I guess I did a presentation in one of my. I don't know if it was a chemistry class. Uh-huh. Or something on creatine. Really? And I don't have any recollection of it, but he said I kept smelling it during the. And I don't. And I, go, and I, 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 I don't know what he was talking about. I go. I don't. But I also know that I didn't like public public speaking back then. Right. Like I don't think anyone does it. No. Not, some people probably. Yeah. But I was very shy and reserved as far as. Yeah, like, I was. I was like that in high school too. I was like where in school everyone straight A or A and B and E in citizenship. I was straight E. What is E? Like excellent oh, for okay. uh, citizenship. Very never. I think I had one satisfactory on my citizenship in school. If you're in, I don't know if they still count that in grade school, but that's pretty much. If you're a dickhead, you're not getting an, an E or an S. Uh-huh. And uh, but then I'd be home, and I, my mom always used to threaten me. She's, I'm going to tell everyone how you really are. That was like because I'd get in, we'd get in fights, right. and argue, and and it was like, I'm a, no one's going to believe you. <laughs> I'm a an angel in school. <laughs> Man. Posted a picture of me in school back up. Yeah, I, that's why I, I saw that. It's like when what when, when junior high? That was seventh school? grade. Okay, so middle school. Yeah, that was. I don't know what was going on with my hair. <laughs> it was like slick back you, in the. In you the miss middle. it, don't you? Huh? You miss that hair, don't you? I want to grow it back. Just to... <laughs> I was thinking about letting my hair grow back out just randomly, the, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Because I'm not doing any wrestling stuff for a while till I'm completely better and. I was like, but I was, I was like, I don't want to go through that awkward phase of letting it grow back out because it'll look good for a bit, yeah. and then it'll get like. Well, how long are you talking? I was gonna let it go, let it grow long hair like a wild caveman. Oh no! 
Yeah. Well, actually, no, but re- realistically, as soon as it gets like an inch or two, it would be messy. But I, my hair, yeah, my hair, I've never known what to do with it. Like when I did, when I had the bleach blonde hair and grew it out, like it looked cool for a while when you can like kind of have it like just like the Buff Bagwell haircut, like that kind of, I would kind of comb it forward because it was short. But then once it starts getting long, I was like, what do you do with this? I don't know. Yeah. You could clearly see I didn't know what the. I'm not, I'm, yeah, school. I definitely, I even thought about it. It's like, what is it like if I, how long would it take me to have I, long hair? I would love to have long shoulder? hair for a bit. I hate, I hate long hair. My brother's the opposite. His hair is like down to, is like half. You don't see a lot of Asians with long hair, I feel like. Um, no. Depends. No, it, like our, actors. Our, our, artsy Asians do. Yeah. The yeah. emo, the emo Asians. True. You know, the, the, the dye blonde We Japanese. should, uh create a competition here after I do I'll shave my head for the appearance tomorrow and then I won't shave my head and we'll see who can grow our hair out longest, no I quickest. no I'll 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 lose first because I hate long hair that's I think if we go through it together I'm trying to do something together Joe if we grow our hair out together no, going bowling together with grow crazy... grow it grow it until you have your next bowling match winner We're... gets to decide what they do with their hair the loser is got to keep the long hair no I would look like a psychopath with long hair. I would look like the, I would look like the Geico caveman. <laughs> Do you ever see those old pictures of Batiste that we need hair down to like the middle of his back? I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I'll make my return. But I'll make my return to wrestling in the suit, walk out for AEW, show up in the big monster truck, coming back. No one's gonna recognize you. And I get out. I get out of the monster truck in a suit and with long hair. <laughs> Just. You know, you'll come in with like, you know, what's that, the big um, guy Ryback with the hair, AEW? with the hair in front of your face. No one's going to recognize you. <laughs> what was, what was that? That girl from, uh, the, the ring or something. I was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> that crazy psycho look. I was actually looking through photos. My mom brought a box, have it on the table, a bunch of photos when I was a kid and growing up. Cause I'm going to end up using a lot of them for the book. Are for... you going to digitize them or scan them or what are you doing? She's done that to a lot oh, of them okay. already. And uh, I got photo albums upstairs and stuff too. I got we. She always took a lot of photos. I've never been. I don't take a lot of photos. I don't. And, but like, I'm glad she has them. And, and going back and looking, it's crazy looking back because writing the book, I get flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm actually writing about, I'm literally started from the beginning, right? And like, I, I have to stop and take breaks because it like. It's a bit like, uh, it's not bad or anything. It's just, but it's weird going back into that. Mm-hmm. I literally fall back into that period. And it, it's, I'm doing Deep South Wrestling right now, my first year in wrestling. And as I'm writing it, I'm remembering I didn't how I didn't know anything about wrestling. And I don't like how it made me feel. Because I didn't like how that made me feel right, 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 right. back then. And it, and it took a while. And then, but once it clicked, it clicked. But f- mm. I look back and I'm just... What are you talking about, Ryback? It never clicked. <laughs> Beat you to the punch, JD. The uh, so we got CT Fletcher coming on next week. That's a, that's a big one for us. We got advertising. I've signed on. I saw real with the company. They're actually co- a company contacted me. We got to work out the logistics, but okay. that will be big. Be cool. Started aggressive promoting online, spending some money, and uh, we got CT Fletcher next week. So I'm a uh, Really excited. What do you, about. Didn't he do it? Was he on his show before? No, no, no. I haven't. I talked to him a month ago. Oh, you talked to him a month ago. In January. And we, okay. we talked about doing it in February. Oh, just okay. Push it back to March here. Okay. But um, 
I was telling JD, they, uh, I'm done with the keto diet. It is. No. I was getting fatter on it. Really? Yeah. It, after you spend all that money for that the test, the blood test. Yeah, thing. and by the way, well, I, I could still use that for blood glucose. Blood oh, sugar. okay. And you could still. It's crazy. I went. I did it for three weeks, but I did a carb day after seven days, and then I went twelve days, full blown keto. So much fats, and I was noticing as I'm going, I'm like, I'm looking. I'm like. My weight, I noticed in my waist. I'm like, and, but you're also doing the intermittent fasting too, right? Yeah. So in, it's it, which is supposed to increase getting you into ketosis even quicker. Right. Twelve days in, I wasn't even in ketosis yet doing this. No joke. After doing a massive cheat day, or a massive carb day, I'm sorry, the first day, I tested after I stopped eating. I fasted at night. I quit eating at eleven, and I I checked my my keto levels after doing massive amount a massive amount of carbs, mm-hmm. and I was at a higher level of ketosis really? than when I was doing the keto diet, wow. which makes no sense. I mean, it goes <laughs> to show you that there still needs more. It's not for everyone. Not for everyone. Still needs more data collecting and because it does more, work for, for some people. Yeah, as some far people. As the fat but loss. the thing is, that everyone, not everyone's built the same way. So Which is what I found out. And I was telling, I was telling PJ Black about this. He was like, Your protein's too high. And my protein, it wasn't. It was actually well within what it should have been. And I was like, My calories were lower than what my calorie, my maintenance was. So I shouldn't have been putting on weight. Mm-hmm. And I, but I was, I lost several pounds, which is what happened before doing this. And I, but doing the intermittent fasting and that, there's no way my body fat should have gone up. And anyways, and I, so I, there, I found out there's an APOE gene. I got the test. I just sent it back in. I talked about it on the podcast last week. It's called AP, APOE gene, and there's type 2, 3, and 4. And people that are type 4 don't metabolize fats well. And so if, that's, if you have that, mm-hmm. they, from a strictly health standpoint alone, it makes no sense to consume fat because it's bad for your heart. So that's something, and none of these, and, I, and the guys, I, these keto guys, I love them. They put out great content, but they don't talk about that. That like, there's people that don't process fat well. Right, right. So if you don't process fat well, what sense does it make consuming more fats? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Well, in addition to the heart, if you think about it just logically, okay, if if you don't process it properly, besides your heart, where else are you going to put stress on the body? The liver too, right? Because your liver process. Well, your li- your liver, but your digestive. Yeah, yeah. System is going to be like it's you're gonna it's going to be upset or it's going to be you know disturbed because it's not wanting to process what you have and it's going to either be trying its hardest to force it out of the body. Yep. Or it's just going to you know upset your stomach. Did you see on that other article that I uh, sent you on the? Uh, which is on the stock website, no less. Um, how much money Keto's making a year? Yeah, it was like billions of dollars or something. It's like, is it nine billion or seven or nine billion? And it's the most sought after diet of, of twenty eighteen. So I mean, it's no, that is. Know. I've noticed that in like because I've noticed uh, like Thomas DeLauer, who we had on the archives. You can look up. Uh, on the show, on, when we had him on for intermittent fasting, uh, most of the videos he does now is on keto. I've noticed, and uh, I'm sure he still does fasting videos, but 
it's uh, and even that Doctor Berg and the, I want to get these because I would like to actually let me try to get Doctor Berg on because that's one of the things. Yeah, it seems like it seems like the, to do these diets, you need at least a doctor evaluation of how you're. But you, a lot health, of people right? don't know this. There's people that do the keto diet and have great results, and I think if you could process fats well and you consume vegetables, which can help with a lot of the inflammation and things they talk about with high fats and whatnot, maybe. But even then. Just from a long-term standpoint, I don't know. Like, I just know for me, the moment I cut my fats down, like, cut them down really, really low and, and just eat good complex carbs for the most part and up my protein, I shred up. Like, it, and I've noticed yeah. within days of doing it, like, I'm just like, it's night and day. Right. So it's... But, I mean, you also got to look at, you know, you know, uh, your hereditary, you know... Hereditary genetics. Um, genetics, you know, and also... You know, to play the your region you're in, you know, like if you're in, you know, Japan or Chinese, which I think Jap- Japanese are one of the healthiest, you know, they're they thin. Consume, yeah. But, you know, I, but I hang out with a lot of Japanese people. They smoke like a chimney too. Yeah. So it's like. And there's you know, some people that never smoke and then get lung cancer yeah. still. Yeah. And so it's, it's, you know, and, and plus over here, you know, in the United States, a lot of our foods are processed. You know, if you go to if you go to China or Thailand or you know even Italy, their pastas made differently. Yeah. Because the the wheat is not modified, you know, GMOs and yeah. stuff like that. So, it, you know, same thing in France where there are a lot of thin people, but they eat, you know, I think they eat fatty foods and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. You know, bread. Well, that's what they say. People that do the Mediterranean diet with a balance of everything tend to. The research has shown that's very yeah, but healthy. Yeah, they don't eat it. They, I mean, they diet. You know, but so. I just don't know. And I was like, because it, it's, I was wanting to do it to like I told JD. I was like, if I could get, because they say you just you got to get fat adapted, and I talked about it. But they say it could take up to a year to get fat adapted. I was like, I ain't trying to do no diet for a year. <laughs> I just want to use it. If it, I wanted to do it, because if it would allow me to cut and lose body fat really right. quickly, right, I would do it on a short term basis. To really, if I really, really wanted to get shredded. And I was like, but then I would want to go back to carbohydrates and having a more balanced mm-hmm. diet and whatnot. And, uh, but there's like, I was like, I'm not trying to do that for a year and like just guzzling fats. And it was, I didn't like the, I didn't like it. I feel, I feel so much better switching my diet back yeah. and just keeping my fats under control. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's, I just, I think you gotta, I was gonna, I'm actually going to the doctor Monday. Um, primary care doctor because I'm going to get a bunch of heart exams done mm-hmm. and uh, and I'll talk more about those because I got my cholesterol for my last blood my lab work my cholesterol is all actually really good and on there's two things I didn't realize with cholesterol if you take your total cholesterol and divide it by your HDL that number is really important and it's supposed to be anything under five and I was at 4.02 it's as far as like having heart attack symptoms yeah not a hundred percent but in relation, they have found that's a very important number, more so, more important than HDL and LDL, which they have found isn't nearly as important. There's different factors that go into this. And then also your triglycerides divided by your HDL. If it's under three, that's that number, which I'm 1.15. Very healthy numbers on that. So, But there's a coronary artery calcium score that the anabolic doc talked about on his episode when he was on the show. Uh, I'm going, I'm going to get uh, tests for that. Um, a glucose tolerance test, uh, the APOE gene I just sent back yesterday. It actually went out today. I put it back in the mailbox yesterday. There's another test called the A1C test and a CIMT scan. I'm going to try to get all of them done. 
Sounds expensive. It, well, I'm getting it done through insurance because yeah. I want to know just health-wise because if you catch any of these early, you could you, – otherwise people get in their 50s and 60s and bam, mm-hmm. get hit where they get blindsided and they don't show any other signs with cholesterol or anything. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, Luke, Luke Perry, he passed away. That's right. That's mad. And he had a stroke. Yeah, he has a stroke, right? Yeah. And so it's um, definitely – you know, it's very important to get yourself checked out. And That's something I think a lot of us neglect sometimes, yeah. especially when you're young. You don't even. I don't and he, know. he wasn't. He wasn't a big man. He was. Well, I think he was thin. Yeah. No, he didn't. Yeah. Wasn't and overweight. Or I think anything. they were. They were gonna. They're gonna do. Was he in? He was in nine hundred two one zero, or was it the other? Was it? He was in Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. My right. sister sent me a, a picture of the pillow. She had a pillowcase with him on it. And it was all <laughs> faded. She still has it. Wow. We used to. Me and her used to watch because we used to watch we'd watch tv i'd get to watch my show she'd get she'd get to watch hers uh-huh. and like we would watch shows together sometimes and that was one of them we would watch really i we, never got i never got into it but i heard that i watched all of they them. were gonna i think they signed a contract redo it to redo it he hadn't signed on yet but he'd signed on to do i think some spots okay on it because he had other commitments but right. he was still gonna do it but from what i saw that's uh, unfortunate man but yeah it's crazy this, it shows it goes to show you that it could happen to anybody you know, regardless if you're look healthy, don't look healthy. I mean, you know. I wonder if he had any was like up to up to date on his blood work and lab work and tests. That's well, yeah, we don't know. They won't. Well, the the one thing that you know I was saying the other day that stuck out from the anabolic doc was he said a lot of these markers for for uh, some of these heart issues don't show up. In your, he Other. said you can have a full full panel, and the markers aren't even going to be on there. So you can go and get this big extensive panel, which you know I'm sure both of us have had in the last couple of years. And he's like, it wouldn't be on there. You have to have specific tests done, looking for specific things. And then on top of that, it doesn't hurt to have something like a CAT scan, so they can get an actual visual. Because it's like with my liver and my spleen, you know, it, it I had values that were showing. I had, you know, hematomocytosis or whatever, or hemochromocytosis yeah. on the liver. But when they got the CAT scan and they saw that the portal vein that went between the spleen and the liver was much bigger than it was supposed to be, there was nothing in my blood work that would let them know that. And there's nothing in my blood work that's going to tell them that my spleen was enlarged like that. Yeah. Right, so you can't, you don't know until you take it to that next level. Is it? He said that's when he said that coronary artery calcium score is really efficient at like showing plaque. I believe he said in the and blockages. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He said that one really will let you know. Not saying that's the end all be all, but no. But he said that one could be the difference between life and death. Yeah. As right. soon as I, because the book, for my, in my tips of the week on my book this week, I actually, because I got a book on preventing heart attacks. It was, which I don't think that's the exact name of it, but it, uh, as soon as I saw that name, I go, that's right. That's the, the test the doctor said to go. And uh, I called, I finally got um, my insurance, found me a primary care physician, and uh, I'll go there Monday. And um, who's your insurance? Uh, Am better. Yeah, I signed up for that too. Yeah, they're, they're covering Nevada now. That's the yeah the one. 
it, it play, I pay a pretty penny, but it's been it's been good so far with all the procedures and everything. That's good. And whatnot. The uh, back to training. It went back light this week. Get some weights in. And when's uh, uh, when's this shoulder's gonna be complete? Oh, it's it's a ways away. Really yeah, well. it's okay. gonna the from that that when they scoped it, that rocked the joint. Like it's, I feel like today it's calmed down a lot. But I and I found a couple new stretches because my lat's been glued down and. With the foam roller, I found something. Do you have, a, do you have a sleep a certain way? So that way you don't No, I'm to... fine. I, oh, okay. I try not to sleep on my right arm, though. Okay. Because I found I sometimes will fall asleep, and I feel fine, and I've woken up, and it's been like mm-hmm. my shoulder killing me. And it goes right away after I up and move around a little bit. But I, uh, I try to either sleep on my back or on my left side. I've got sleeping down to a T with that sleep apnea machine. <laughs> I look damn sexy with it on, Joe. Well, look, I do not want to know. <laughs> the uh, I do need to remember, give a shout out to Real Good uh, Pizza. They're uh, sending me some breakfast sandwiches. They got, they're got they coming out with breakfast sandwiches now. So uh, I told them, yep, send them over. Never be one to turn those away. No. And I will uh, give those a shout, a shot here, a little tryout and see. But I like all their stuff. They got the full-size pizzas now, too. The, the cauliflower ones, right? Well, I don't know if they're cauliflower, but they have the big versions of the little ones. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's like a medium. I think you should know that. I think I saw the. Well, I saw the. I saw the the medium one that I saw at the store was a cauliflower one they had because I didn't know they had cauliflower pizzas, which those they, got, I, they, have, they have both of them. Yeah, yeah. I think the cauliflower though are lower fat or no, are they lower fat? They're higher carbs. I know that not not as high as a regular pizza, but. I don't know. I, I, the girl that used to live here, Amy, I remember she was like, uh, she was like, do you want pizza? I'm making healthy pizza. And it, was, it wasn't it was real good, the real good uh, foods pizza. It was a big cauliflower pizza from like the health food store. And I go, let me look at the uh, nutrition supplement or the nutrition facts on it. A ton of carbs, a ton of fat. And I just like... <laughs> This isn't any better for you. Like it, 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 I go, they go. This is like just like you might as well just eat a real pizza. But I'll be over here calling Domino's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just I haven't had Domino's in forever. Dude, Alexis, Alexis, Alexis Fox loves. They Domino's. got good crust. I feel like she likes. Well, she likes the uh, thin crust. Very huge fan. I don't. I'm. I'm starving. I've been. I'm on a strict diet right now of only about 200 grams of carbs. I got my. I'm measuring out my food. I'm like. I'm. I'm Going all out to get in the best shape I, I've ever been in right now. Trying to I need to be able to work out. I need, really need to be able to work out to do stuff for Feed Me More Nutrition. That's one thing that's really... I hate doing videos, but I would want to be in good enough shape and feel comfortable enough to do Feed Me More Nutrition workout videos. Do, wait, do you have a, do we have it, a coupon code? Ryback. Oh, okay. You can save on realgoodfoods.com with the code Ryback. 15% actually. As in the commercial you okay. hear on the show, very cool. I was uh, listening. I actually, JD, you you follow Ed Milet, right? Yeah, he's uh, he's making a push here. I've noticed he's ma- max out is his new thing. I don't know how long he's been. Uh, I just that's, saw that's, it. That's been his thing for a while. Has it been for a while? Okay, I've just for whatever reason I feel like I've just now noticed the max out stuff. But he uh, he had a good podcast this week with a guy. I think he's the owner of the. Who's he, who's who's owner of the Atlanta Hawks? Ed Milet. 
is the guy's name. That's the owner of the... No, no, oh. Izzy something is the guy's name, but it was a good interview Okay. with him. So the owner of the Atlanta Hawks? Yeah. He does, he does several things. He like had a coconut water business. He's an entrepreneur. And uh, he talks about An- how... He, Anthony Ressler? That's his name? No, I don't think so. I could, it could be. I, I'm off. I'm really off. I think it's Izzy and his name is Anthony probably. I thought you had a flat tire. You were fixing <laughs> yeah. a website. There's a... Uh, hold on. Yeah, Tony, Tony Tony Wrestler is the owner of the Atlanta Hawks. Alexis's website had a flat tire. Alexis, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the f- WordPress flat tire? Jesse Itzler, I T Z L E R. So it did have a it's Itzler Izzy. Died. Okay. Close enough, guys. <laughs> but he's but is he the owner of the Atlanta? I Hawks? thought he said he was the. So maybe it could probably the Dallas Mavericks. No, that's no, that's Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna we're gonna name every every sports team and see. I could have sworn you said the Atlanta Hawks because I hadn't heard the Atlanta Hawks name in forever. There's no way I could just be this off. It could it's quite possible. Losing my mind. Jesse, okay, Jesse, it's Jesse Itzler. Tell me, I'm right. So his name is Jesse Itzler. Okay, let's yeah. say. Well, I told you that. Yeah, Jesse. Well, I didn't. I didn't know the spelling. It's. He's the entrepreneur, and he co-founder of the Marquee Jets, one of the jet private private jet car that, companies. They talked about that too. Yep. Okay. Keep going. Atlanta. He's also yeah. He is the owner of the Atlanta Hawks, so he's it's probably, Not he's probably my mind. probably he's probably a group. He's the founder of the one hundred. Um, yeah, the one hundred mile group. So. That's I was going to say, though, the... Uh, 100 mile group or 100 mile high? <laughs> yeah, that's... Just, you got your own me. jets. You're up. You can do whatever the f*** you want, yeah. J.D. Oh, Tony. So Tony Russell right, is yeah. the principal owner. You don't have to go to the bathroom. Um, the principal owner of the Atlanta Hawks. And so he must be the, the co-owner of the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. Either way, he's... Okay, but we figured out who... Guy has a ton of money, Joe. Yeah. Is what, bottom line. And... Uh, no, they had a good interview. They had some good things on there. Yeah, I highly recommend checking out that uh, with Jesse. Jesse Itzler, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did, you, did, you, did you listen to Rogan's with uh, Alex Jones? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Oh, Why, I listened and then I watched also at the gym, <laughs> yes. like going back and forth. Dude, I think I, I love watching the, 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 the YouTube channels and I was, dude, it was the most funniest, the fun I show. was highly entertained. Yes. He is a... Say what you will about him and whatnot, and I. But just I watch him strictly from a comedy. Like he's like he Joe be, mentions it. They're like he, you he would be a be good comedy. comedian. Yeah. At almost when I'm watching him because Joe's friends with so many comedians. Yes. I'm almost. I feel like because I don't know a lot about Alex Jones. JD was where I learned about him from mm-hmm. actually. I, to me though, it like I was like, I watch him like he's a comedian. Yes. And that's what, so everything he says, it just, it makes me. But like, well, when he talks about something he's so passionate about that you don't know if he's joking or not. Yeah. And then, and then, and Eddie, but. Him and Eddie Bravo, that whole oh, thing. Oh, when he draw when Eddie Bravo brought in the flat earth. Yeah, yeah. And see how animated Alex Jones. If, if you haven't seen it, please see it. Whether, whether or not you like the guy or not, just seeing his reaction to certain subjects is 
crazy. You yeah, know, yeah. No, like he, uh, I was dying when he wanted to get choked. He yeah. wanted to choke. He's like, go and choke me. Choke me, bro. All the time when we were kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he's so. They were hammered though. They were drinking. They hard. were drinking. Yeah. He, but you know, but he also pointed out Joe too, was feeding him drinks. Yeah. When when Joe was like, "Have you ever had a hand hand injury?" and he's like, "Yeah, somebody gave me a pile driver on the sidewalk and broke the sidewalk." Like, and he's like, and then and then he got up and punched the guy in the throat. Yeah. Inst- but as soon as he said that, instantly he fired that off like no hesitation. Right. And then it, he's like, so did you go to the hospital? No, they took me to the police station. Well, wait a minute. You just got pile driven into the – you said you broke the sidewalk. Like, oh, well, I thought – I think I yeah. – yeah, I think I broke it. it I, like, at that point, though, I was like, that's just – you get to a point where you're so drunk that you're just – you saying anything. He couldn't even remember what he was talking about as he was Dude, talking. Dude, when, when he said that, you know, Joe, I'm an idiot. Then, then seeing Joe on the ground. He also said that he was a retard. He had oh, some, I th- also like that, was he it? said he was gay. He said several <laughs> things where they got some great sound bites. I think. I'm like, wow. <laughs> no, I, I, I usually don't listen to the whole thing. I listen to the whole. Yeah, it was like thing. almost four hours. That's what I saw. Were, I go four hour. Yeah, podcast. A four hour. Like I think it's long. Like Joe Rogan's podcast was five hours long. He missed his flight. I remember he, he rebooked his flight or right. something, and they just yeah. Dude, in the very next day, he did like two and a half hours with David Lee Roth. Yeah. Does he do an everyday show? I no. think whenever his guest is available. I think. It's, it's just, just whenever they're available. And he yeah. records, right? It, it can mean, be like two a week, three a week, yeah. or one a I week. I mean, that's, that's he, he, his podcast and his comedy. Yeah. That's all Joe. Joe I mean, he, he Comedy's has on the weekends, probably. No he, no, he does comedy during the week. He does do. That's right. He yeah. does. He, has he does tour. it at the comedy store a lot because he's, he's one of the main... Paid regulars. I mean, he did the improv. I think yesterday he did the improv and the power went out. And so they actually fished power next door and they did it in the with this couple lights on. I'm going to pull in Alex Jones, actually. I got to go to the bathroom real quick. I can't hold it anymore. <laughs> Why don't we just go on commercial we'll break? We'll take a break. We're, oh, not, we're not doing a live show. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. We could have just taken a break. I was trying to literally just duplicate the yeah, Rogan show. Just, I just think. me, me and JD on the show. It's like, well, oh, I mean, well, it's just right down the hall here, right? Uh, but why don't we just take a break and just yeah. go on a piss break? Don't tell me how to do my show, Joe. <laughs> We're gonna go ahead and take a break, guys. We'll be right back after these messages. It's the big guy Ryback with Feed Me More Nutrition, and I just wanted to say thank you guys for another great year. We started the brand with three supplements, and we're now getting ready to release our seventh supplement, our 10-count creatine. We just released our GTS Go to Sleep high-powered sleep aid, so if you have a difficult time falling asleep or staying asleep, check out our all-natural GTS sleep aid available on feedmemore.com and Amazon. Speaking of feedmemore.com, we have all new domestic shipping rates. No shipping over $9.99 domestically anymore, with rates as low as $4.99. We want to be more competitive, and as a thank you guys for being loyal customers, offer you the best shipping rates we possibly can. So if you guys haven't checked out Feed Me More Nutrition, now's your chance. We are a premium all-natural supplement company that gives you safe, natural formulas that get results. FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. Get hungry. Stay hungry. Feed. Me. More. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, and I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at fuelmeals.com has something for everybody, 
and easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my fuel meals and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So fuel meals come in handy for me when I need it most, and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code the big guy to save 15%. Fuelmeals.com. Feed me more. We are back. I feel a lot better now. Thank you. Yeah. Just trying to let you and JD have a little little one on one time. Yeah, but then it was funny when you guys did a bathroom and JD left, and so it's like, hey, whoever editing this video, <laughs> our video, the YouTube guy is helping out a lot. Is he doing? Does he? Is he doing like outtakes and stuff? Uh, no, they got. I could gonna start getting more and more because somebody else just reached out and I'm gonna start posting more videos on YouTube on uh, Instagram too. Okay. And yeah, the stories. They should do. They should do uh, and they said, that get everything is gonna. We're on the right track. Cool. Everything's in place. It's taking time. Finally got a guy that can transcribe the show. Got it Got it all set up. And uh, we'll have that. We should do a Spanish version, a Russian version. You're just sending in all those <laughs> different things. What's the deal? Is there something going on with North Korea today with the JD? Yeah. They're building a, well, I think, well, the talks ended abruptly. And now I think North Korea is rebuilding their long distance they never stopped. That's yeah, what they I was never stopped, say, right? They, they uh, it says commercial satellite imagery of a facility near Pyongyang suggests North Korea is preparing to launch a missile or a space rocket in the very near future. The images show cars and trucks parked near a facility with rail cars nearby, and also cranes are erected. I saw a thing on the TV saying North Korea planning a new launch or something. That's what I was gonna. What are they planning to launch? Well, they they did they were doing a, a lot of missile testing yeah. right up until that first summit, and I think the first thing that pissed them off was when Trump came back or not even came back that night. He tweeted that they've agreed to completely denuclearize and the world is a safer place and all mm-hmm. this other. And then like two days later, a representative from North Korea is like, "We never said that. We never agreed to that. Where did that come from?" Mm-hmm. So then there was. A little bit of tension there, yeah. And then the um, the ambassador, who is, is is Mike Pompeo? Is he the ambassador? Oh, I thought it was that um, the guy in the, the the ambassador to North Korea. Yeah. Okay. The no, it's not. You're not thinking Bolton, are you? Yeah, I thought it was Bolton. Is it Bolton? Well, he's a war hawk, anyways. But he, um, I don't know. The talks weren't going very good, mm-hmm. so. Eventually, they had their second uh, summit, and apparently, it ended like hours earlier than expected. Supposed to, I saw that. And uh, then, word out, word coming out of North Korea within 24 hours of the summit was they were pissed off, and that that the situation between the two countries was actually worse than before the first meeting. So, I don't. I hate seeing anything with nuclear weapons. Yeah. It's it's uncomfortable because it's. What this they... is why we, we shouldn't we never should have left South Korea. Yeah, that was the whole reason for, and that, and that's all tied into the trade war. Yeah, yeah. there's well, a lot going on. The uh, the representative for North Korea is uh, Stefan uh, Bygun or Bagan. That's the uh, representative for North Korea. Um, 
And I believe the UN ambassador, I think, she, didn't she? I think she quit. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, it was. Do we have. And I'm not, because I'm, I'm, I'm out of the loop on a lot of this stuff. Yeah, because obviously we, 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 have, we have a lot of nuclear weapons. A lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, we're not a political podcast. I'm not a political guy. I stay, I, it's, I don't. Oh, enjoy. of course we got, of course we got nukes, but, but the I'm problem saying, but is. But do we have like, things that can intercept nukes not, as well? I think the, the rate, well the success rate is like 10%. That's what I was going to ask. Like really low. But that's why we needed, that, that was the whole reason for North Korea is because we, it allowed, or sorry, South Korea it allowed the United States a. It was like a seven-second response. Like we would know within seven seconds. Oh wow! Of the nuke being launched, and we would have a way better chance to shoot it down. And then by closing that off, because we were in a trade deficit to North or South Korea, which essentially just allowed us to have a base there with like twenty-five thousand soldiers, and in case of the event of yeah. a nuke, and. The president wanted to bring it back and said, well, let's just put it in like Seattle or something like, no, because that will give us a 37 minute response time instead of like seven seconds or whatever it was. It was like, Ugh. that makes no sense. Or, well, what if we put it in Alaska? Well, that's a 35 minute response time. It's not any better. Like by the time we get a chance to intercept, it's, you know. What about, I mean, what, I mean we still have bases in Japan. We do, but it was. I can't remember the specifics of it, and they were saying the difference was, I don't know if, if the bases in Japan are even equipped for that to intercept. Hmm. That might be what it is, because they were saying that it was the South Korea base, and to try to appease the North Koreans in that first summit, that's why everybody said we lost, because they that's what they wanted for a long time, because it's kind of like we're the next-door neighbor who's spying on them. Mm-hmm. And they wanted us out of South Korea so they could do whatever they wanted with us, us spying on it. So at the end of that summit, we agreed to take the troops out, but they didn't agree to anything. So it was like, well, how do you do that? It's, if you're going to make a deal, it's got to go. It's got to benefit us both ways, yeah. right? And then, you know, the narrative was, oh, they agreed to denuclearize if we just took our troops out of South Korea. And within 48 hours, like, we never said that. We never put pen to paper on that. Like, that never happened. And the worst part was, <sighs> just like the summit with Russia, there's nobody allowed in the room yeah, to witness that. the conversation. So now how do you, like, there's no proof of the conversation. Yeah. Scary. I wonder, how long would it take a nuclear weapon launch there to get to New York City, do you think? I don't. I don't know if they could hit New York City. No. You know they. they where, I think they probably I think they could, probably I think Seattle and Portland. Probably. Wet more West Coast. More. No, West I think Coast, right? I think at best maybe halfway across the U.S. or a third of the cross the way to the so U.S. Like Colorado or something. Maybe. So coming from the West Coast though, you're yeah. saying yeah, yeah, West to East. Yeah. But I mean, I know they've been doing a lot of testing, and they've had They're a lot of. Hoping it's the other way there, JD. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I got to deal with hurricanes. I don't need to. Yeah, know, uh... Just made me feel a little lot easier. That's why I was asking. That's the only reason why I wanted to know. I'm like, oh, Las Vegas is in there because we're one of the bigger cities. And how, dude, you know how many nukes and are stored in, in Nevada? That's the other thing. Yeah, they they have a ton of them here, right? Imagine they just hit one of those storage. Well, according just... to the Washington Post, I think I'm gonna move. They're 
Montana's sounding better and better. Okay, their Washington Post is back in 2017. They said that their long-range missiles can reach up to Guam. So about almost 3,000 miles. So, I mean, right now... Yeah. So they're... They're right right now. Their range is right around like three thousand miles. So, but dude, be... we're not we're, we're not in any better shape over here because in the middle of January, in Russia, they had a, a a presentation for nuclear strikes against the U.S. and all their key targets were like on the East Coast. They actually listed, they actually put up their targets in this presentation, and that was another thing that got backlash over here because the U.S. government had no response to that like. You had a presentation of where you'd hit us with nukes, and we just sat there like, "Hey, cool. It's just you're just talking about it. Like, you should be talking about it." They, had, you know, like they had this big presentation with the screen, and they had, you know, like this is where we'd hit. This is why we'd hit it. We, we are equipped and set up to do it right now. We could do it just like that, and our response was nothing. I we should be like, "Yo." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just saw they said that is it Stephen Hawkins Hawking. Yeah. Before he died, because initially he said, like, with all the weapons and everything, that it would be like 500 years. We nothing would exist here, and then he changed it to like 100 years mm-hmm. right before he died. I just saw something on that. And, well, it, dep- uh, it depends, I guess. Uh, but, but but just he's just going by based with all the nuclear weapons and yeah. everything they, going on. They did an analysis of a 2013 North Korean image, which shows potential targets. So they said Hawaii, San Diego, uh, Darksdale Air Force Base, and Washington D.C. And so D.C. in yeah. 2013. Yeah, they're 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 supposed targets. Um, but I think this is this... San Diego. And then, but the problem is though they were doing testing with dummy warheads on those missiles, and so obviously if you put a nuclear device in there, it'll increase the payload. And so it would decrease the the Distance. the range. So, but th- this was back in. So yeah, they were trying to do. Let's see. Either way, scary. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. So basically, they they needed. Their goal is try to get to anywhere from eight to nine thousand uh, miles. To reach the East Coast for their ballistic missiles. And that guy, the, what's his name? The, uh, Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong Un. 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 Whatever you want. Un. 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 He looks like a psychopath. Well, his, well the family. His father. Is, yeah, yeah. His father is none better. Don't think I have any bookings over they've there. They've had they've had other family members assassinated. Yeah, in his public. uncle. You know. <laughs> what a f- what the f- going on. Well, well, dude, do you, remember I told you, but I don't know if I said. Yeah, that I think you mentioned that to me, but with, just... with the with the story of the grandfather, and how like what they indoctrinate the North Koreans with that he invented the hamburger, that he came to Earth. On oh yeah, a, like there were on, gods. On, yeah, he came. The, the, his grandfather came to Earth on a unicorn, mm-hmm. and like his body was so perfect, he didn't piss. Yeah. Um, he, that he invented all Is this he a stuff. Stripper also. Dude, there's they have a they have a in one of the main cities in North Korea they have it uh, gated off in like the middle of the city, where they claim that's where his unicorn crashed. <laughs> yeah. 
This is, this is true. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. doubt you. I mean, the, the, you know, when you have the ability to control the media, yeah, 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 every, everything, yeah, close off everything. You know, a lot of people over there, they believe that the internet is just a rumor. No, they actually no, they have no. They not actually have the they have three webs. They have like six websites. In not North everybody. Not everybody though. No, there's yeah, there's parts of the country. Yeah. where they've only heard about it, so they they haven't actually seen proof of this thing called the internet. Some parts of the countries do, and they have like two or three websites. Mm-hmm. Just like I think, what do they have for TV? A couple channels, right? Would right. they have proof of the unicorn? No, but they just believe. But it North Korea, like, but geez. I mean, I'm sorry, South Korea has actually actually been throwing like USB drives and flyers of yeah, what's yeah, actually yeah. happening in the outside world. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. obviously the the North Korean, um, you know, government is trying to whoever catches whoever has these. Uh, you know, USB drives and stuff like that will get the death penalty. Dude, if you call, if you, listen, listen, so listen. In North Korea, if you call a phone number outside North Korea, they come to your house and shoot you. Yeah. Even if it's an accident. So if you have a kid and the kid picks up the phone and dials the wrong number and dials outside the country, they come to the country and kill, come to your house and kill you. But I thought, don't they, I mean, obviously you won't go through. It won't go through anywhere, right? Uh, I don't know because how else would they know? Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's just, it's just glad crazy. we live in the United States. Yeah, and you know, thing and the thing is though, it's like I just wish people. You know, there's a lot of people who are closed-minded who think, obviously, you know, we're blessed to be living in this country, you know, fortunate enough to be yeah, born yeah, here. Yeah. You know, just imagine if you were born in that country. Well, that's what I said. I've been to India, and it makes you yeah. appreciate. And and so if people, people if people it. able to to travel to other countries. And learn, you know. Sometimes I don't think I would. I wouldn't want to go to North Korea. Well, look at look at the other thing too. I, I read on there like if you if you do something wrong and you go to jail, regardless of the crime, like there's no there's no trials, there's no, no. lawyers. They they throw you in jail, your whole family in jail, and your kids go to jail. Everybody goes to jail, and your family's in jail forever. You don't get out. Yeah. And it's just like. If, if somebody does something wrong and they don't kill you and they put you in jail, the whole family goes, even if you have like little kids, everybody goes to jail and you're just in jail forever. It's, it's not. And That's then like people, pe- yeah. pe- people, because it's co-ed in some spots, they have kids in jail. Yeah. And those kids that are born are in jail for their whole life. They don't ever get out. It's, it's people don't No, it, it's, they have no idea. The you world know? is a f***ed up place. Mm-hmm. And, Some and, places, yeah. And it's, there's a lot of good, but there is a, a lot of bad. Mm-hmm. And it's, I wonder, it's just, uh, this is why I keep to myself, Joe, because I just, I mean, the world. The world it's, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, because sometimes you keep to yourself, it might, whatever, Happens also in the real world may affect you. Could so unless uh, I mean unless you live in a bubble that's strong. Yeah, unless you move out to Montana and Montana and stuff like that. But I mean, it's always good to be aware of what's going on in your surroundings. So at least you be prepared for it. You know. Yeah. Either way, though, hopefully all this is. But this this has been going on for it has been going on for a bit for a long time. They need to get this. They need to get this resolved. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it, one way or other, you know, either war breaks out or they actually run out of money completely. Yeah. You know, or if uh, there's a revolt, you know, just like what happened in the, the Middle East with yeah. the, the, the Arab Spring, with Libya and um, I forget what other countries, Egypt, you know, you know, riots and uprising. Yep. You know, but... Well, I, I don't think there would be a war because North Korea's military is tiny compared to... Yeah. Right? It would just be like... And they would know, too, that if they shot a nuke or anything, that they're, they're toast. Well, yeah, right China after. China's right there. It's like, hey, even though we're, we're, your, we're your buddies, but if you throw nukes you know, over, nukes over to, yeah. to the United States, it's like, hey, that's our money, too. Our money's oh, yeah. sitting in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. But, but the thing is, is that if they shot a nuke, what, what kind of a mess would the world be in? That's what I'm saying. It, it, it's like, getting it's like, yeah. You, there's no like it would be catastrophic. Yep. And then you have all this radiation, and everything in the air. That's another. I was another. It would problem. just be. It would. It would be everywhere. Yeah. Look. Look. I mean, look at Fukushima. Years later, they say it's still coming to the across the Pacific. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's been how many years now? Two thousand. When did it happen? 2010? 2009? I saw on a map that it's going to be uh, within another five years. It's going to it's going to be in Florida. Really? Yeah. Do they know what the damage as far as like uh, potential side effects? Well, number one, it's ruining seafood. 2000, 2011. 2011. Yep. And I think I saw a thing that said by 2025 it's going to be in Florida because it's going to make its way around. It's already been affecting the west coast of the U.S. for years. They don't even talk about it. Yeah. Pol polluted uh, seafood and, and uh, there's been situations where there's been uh, mass quantities of like dead sea life showing up really then you know what i, I yeah. you know what and i'm sure they haven't figured this out but it might have probably affected the weather too that's why we've been having some yeah yeah weird they, they weather said that. yeah yeah so yeah uh, well hopefully we don't have to deal with any of that with that then go ahead and wrap up Okay. For this week's show, I gotta, I gotta get to bed early. Big guys get to bed early tonight, and I got. Well, we got, we, we got to wrap up because we don't know how much time we're gonna have left. Yeah, yeah, I need to go. <laughs> we Just, got lives to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Anything you would like to plug, Joe? Um, yeah. The part of the reason why I was late, I was working on the website for um, Alexis Fox's uh, show in LA, the Highest Fox Show dot com. Uh, hopefully, it should be done by this weekend. Um, the, the next show is going to be on the 31st, 31st, 34th, March 31st in El Cid in LA. So, um, go to, go to the website and get a tickets. Uh, you can follow me on, uh, AsianJoe.com and also on Twitter and Instagram, WebmasterJoe. Good deal. JD. And check out my Instagram at IronAttitudeJD. My website, ironattitudebelts.com, which, and I believe this week is going to be the official launch Ooh. of the new website because the plugins 
looks like the repairs finally finally got through. And uh, on a side note, I'd like to say FedEx, very disappointed in you. <laughs> that was from JD, not from me, guys. But all right, to support this show, Patreon.com/slash Ryback. All fan no PO Box seven five two seven four zero, Las Vegas, Nevada eight nine one three six. Feed me more nutrition on FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. Shout out to Vegas Skin and Beauty Center here in Las Vegas on the west side off Craig Road for your beauty care needs and laser hair removal. For personal video shout-outs from myself, cameo.com slash TheBigGuyRyback. Book TheBigGuy at Yahoo.com for autograph signings. Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, my motivational book on Amazon and paperback audible and Kindle formats. FuelMeals.com. Save 15% with discount code TheBigGuy, my personal meal prep service. And follow us on social media. This show, watch it, subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash FeedMeMore channel. At conversation at CWTBG at Ryback22 and at FMM Nutrition on Twitter at Feed Me More Nutrition on Facebook at the Big Guy Ryback22 at Feed Me More Nutrition and at Conversation with the Big Guy on Instagram and Ryback247 on Snapchat. You guys have just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. Bye-bye. Feed me more. with the big guy Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment, and